Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 196 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner. So Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm Luke Lipinski. Nobody said that anybody had it. You just this did. is the Natty Hat. Wow. Kind of a somber Natty Hattie start. Really, it should only be somber for one of us. Yeah. Where do we begin, gentlemen? I thought that's your job. Yeah. Okay. I actually okay. want to I, I start with the lottery, because we were talking about it right before the show started, and uh, I know it happened almost a week ago, so we'll be quick with it. But New Jersey picks first again. Okay, I can't think of a more boring team to pick first again. The Rangers pick second. That's fine. They, know, they haven't picked in the top two, is it ever, or since the 60s? It's, it's like since the something merged. It's technically, they have and way back when. Yeah. I saw on Twitter everybody got mad about it. But but then everybody went back to, no, they've never had the pick. Yeah. Well, Whatever. In, in terms of lottery years, too, the Rangers haven't been there, right, in the lottery. They've been a playoff team. They were a playoff team for a long time. So I, I, feel, have, like, I feel like New York still benefited because it's New York. Well, because they get Jack Hughes and Capo Caco in the same, what, 30-mile radius? Yeah. I mean, I know yeah, New Jersey's well, not New, New York. New Jersey does sort of need some wound care, though. <laughs> <laughs> they it's have. a rough it. season. Taylor Hall continues to be the, the lucky charm of number one picks. Seriously. Six out of the last ten years, the team he's been on has picked first. One, the, the first one of those was him. Yes. But, I mean, it is, it is unreal what, is, uh, what has happened with that whole situation. Now, we're Chicago picking third. Yeah. Is there a reverse cowbell? Actually, I'm still angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't what they were supposed to pick twelfth, right? Yeah. If you just right. go and yeah, I think that's right. Orders. That's mm-hmm. something. Yeah, that's something, isn't it? That is something. I, I was I was trying to pull look up at the that. list. The Blackhawks get in the lottery and they pick third. Well, you know, Stan Bowman had that look on his. It's funny too. You texted us <laughs> sure while I was did. watching. It. He had that smug look on his face. Like, yep, yeah, that's right, Stan Bowman. Yeah, me. Yeah, and this playoff roster I constructed. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's mm-hmm. got a player that he can develop and then trade to somebody else in three years. I had the list of uh, other teams. It's now seven teams that have picked in the top two. Seven teams that haven't picked in the top two since the Coyotes moved to Arizona, and the Coyotes are one of them. And Vegas is one of them, who's only been in the league two years. Seems reasonable. Yeah. So the Rangers were the eighth, but they they are now picking in the top two. Okay. That's about it on the lottery. Since uh, Yeah, it just... I don't know. At this point, why do you tank? You don't. I mean, that, and that's like, what they were trying to dissuade, right? Sure. This is all because of Buffalo, basically. It, well, yeah. The, the the tank job that Buffalo put on uh, in 2014-15 was just, it was, mm-hmm. 
Remarkable. <laughs> I mean, trading a goalie when they had two good games. Yep. Uh, it was just, was it Lindback that they traded when he had like two good games in a row? Yeah, and they, I thought they sent somebody else. It was very clear that if they got within two points of the team in front of them, they were going Which to Which was the Coyotes the for game. a long portion yeah. of that season. Yeah, and then Edmonton laughed at both of them and got McDavid anyway. But yeah, it, that was... That was embarrassing. It was a master's class in tanking. But that doesn't typically happen in hockey. How many how many teams actually have finished with the worst record, Jamie, and landed the top pick? Well, since the... Since the re, the redone lottery. Or go back as far as you want. This right? sounds so rehearsed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually not many since they've redone the lottery. Obviously, Toronto uh, with the Austin Matthews run, but... Toronto? Yeah. Toronto. So they, they kept the Yes, of course. So it was worth taking. Yes, yeah, so it was worth taking for Toronto if you're a big market, but if you're okay. anybody else, no. Got and it. obviously before, Got it. the Panthers. No, he's soft, apparently. Oh, oh yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, but shout the, out to you, Phoenix Jet. Uh, the, the, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Ekblad pick with Florida, McKinnon, Colorado. Um, yes, those would be. McKinnon's pretty good, too. Yeah, he as is. As it turns out. But, they didn't, but Colorado didn't get the number one pick the year they were. The, by far the worst team in hockey. 40 some points, yeah. however many they had. It was a brutal season. So what you're saying is the system works? For some teams. Yeah. For yeah. the big market If teams. you're a small market team, there's no point in tanking because you're probably not getting the top pick anyway. Yes, but if you're New York, Chicago, Toronto, or Edmonton. It, it's difficult. Well, to you don't f- have to tank anyway. Yeah, that's you just true. Finish it, in it's, the lottery it's difficult. Philadelphia f- moved up yeah, to yeah, second. There you go. It's just difficult to find this balance, right? I mean, you don't want teams doing what Buffalo and Edmonton and then did for McDavid. Although, if you ever have a generational talent in the draft, it's going to happen anyway. Well, I would. I mean, in, but, de- in defense of Edmonton, I can't believe I'm saying this. I do feel like they weren't tanking that year. I feel like they were just bad. And I do remember down the stretch, they actually won a few games to move up to the third worst record. So they they were, maybe they just knew, like, wait a minute, we're Edmonton. We don't have to purposely lose. We'll just get the first pick. But I'll give Edmonton credit; they at least tried that year. My main issues with the lottery are: uh, I feel like your your percentage, your highest percentage chance should correspond to your finish in the standings. So if the Coyotes finish with the fifth worst record one season, then they should have the greatest chance of getting the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah, I also don't think that teams that are that close to making the playoffs should have a chance to jump into the top three. I think you should only be able to move up a certain amount of spots. Maybe it's five. I don't know how we figure that out, but I think that's something that should be looked at, too. I don't think a team that misses the playoffs by one point deserves any chance getting the top pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, if Montreal had gotten the first pick in the draft, people would be up in arms right now. Yeah, just always goes to a Canadian team. Or, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they had, what, 96 points. That was more than Vegas mm-hmm. and Colorado and Dallas. And they, they had a chance, even though it was only 1%, to move up. But as we've seen, like, Chicago didn't have that much of a chance. They have, like, 3%, and they moved up into the top three. And then, again, you start running into a position where you have teams that were one of the three worst in the league that don't pick in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like Craig's idea of you can only move up five spots or whatever because nobody's going to tank to get into the fifth worst record in the NHL or sixth worst. The Blackhawks had a 3% chance of getting the pick they got. Yeah, and they got it. It was just random, though. Yeah, yeah like, but, th- but that's also part of the problem. Of, I, I think the teams at the top still have too low of a percentage of staying. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, agreed. I, I like, do understand just, why... Even, the, I mean, I guess technically we're seeing it at a 25% clip if you look at the last four years, but it, it's still... I don't know. To, to me, there's just something... You don't want tanking, but you also want to do what the league has been able to do for Toronto or yes. what the league's been able to do for Colorado. You want to turn teams. over bad teams and help them be good teams because that's better for the league to have a cycle of competitiveness. That is the initial point of the draft. That is why the draft was created. It does feel like there are definitely some teams caught in the middle that have been bad that haven't gotten help. And now 
New Jersey's gotten help twice in the last yeah. three years. So, I'm not talking about some sort of conspiracy. I'm just talking about the way that you, you no, set these leagues yeah, up. You just need to change the, the percentages. Look, I feel like New Jersey is the team that the NHL uses to throw people off the scent. Yeah. That's New yeah. Jersey. Come on. Yeah. He's gonna, we'll just give it an award, Jersey. But, I mean, that Heesher draft, they really hasn't yielded any results for well, them it was, yet. It was a it was, year where... It was a weaker at the top. Right? Yeah. But this year's supposed to be a pretty good year. I mean, Jack Hughes is supposed to be pretty good. It wouldn't shock me if Kako's better, but still, those are two pretty noticeable prospects that we've mm-hmm. heard about for over a year now. Mm-hmm. All right. On to stuff that uh, matters in the present. When do we get into the playoffs? I just want to jump into the playoffs. Can we do that now? Well, you can do whatever you want. Can we start with Tampa? We can start with Tampa. All right. Jamie and I were discussing this before the show started. This is going to be a show, at least for him and I, of us getting really mad that we didn't follow through on the picks we wanted to make. And for me, I really wanted to pick Columbus over Tampa, and I didn't. Really? Yes. On the show last week, I said that. But I didn't. I still went with Tampa in seven, I believe. Um I was pretty certain after game one that was it for Tampa. I didn't think they were going to completely roll over, though. They've got two goals in the last eight periods. They were up 3 nothing in the first game with a power play and a chance to go up 4 nothing. There's a lot to unravel yes. here. Yeah. I, I, in terms of uh, historical implications, how do you guys... And it's not over yet, obviously. They have to lose another game, but... It looks like it's, it, sure it, looks looks like like it was over since the start so of the second game. How do you guys compare this to... Just great choke jobs. This is a choke job. I'm sorry. They oh, won yeah. 62 games. Mm-hmm. They had the fourth most points in NHL history. And they might get swept in the first round by a team that was nip and tuck whether they were even going to get into the playoffs. A team that we were openly mocking, by the way. We were, but not, podcast, not last so. episode. Mea culpa. I, I was not mocking Columbus. I said The I reason I, I wasn't mocking them is because I wanted Washington to have to play them because I think they would have beat the Capitals. And the only reason I didn't pick them over Tampa is because what you just said, they just won 62 games. You'd think they'd at least get out of the first round. They can go 4-3, and three. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you stack the 16 playoff teams heading into the playoffs, Columbus is about the 6th or 7th best team. I think that they were... It's their fault they were seated as low as they were because they underachieved all year. But as I said last week, they went out and added at the deadline, whether you like it or not. That usually takes three or four weeks to really kick in. That What was the deadline mm-hmm. six weeks ago? I mean, yeah. that that's not a team I wanted to play in the first round. And as I said also last week, if I'm Tampa, I'm a little upset I had the season I just had and I have to play a team that's as good as Columbus. I think Columbus is legit. I think they could beat Toronto or Boston. I, I don't think they'll beat Washington, but I think they could make a little run here. But... That's not the story to me. No, no. This is ridiculous. If it you're is. Tampa. This is this is this is bigger than so many massive choke jobs we've seen in the past, and not just in the NHL. I mean, this is this is like Phil Mickelson, a self-described idiot after he choked at the U.S. Open, where uh, Jean Vandeveld uh, stripping down at the British Open, taking off his shoes and socks after he melted <laughs> down at the British Open. This yes. is the '91 Blackhawks winning the President's Trophy and losing to the 27-win Minnesota North Stars. It's it's bigger than Dikembe Mutombo and the Nuggets. Oh, you had to bring that upsetting up. the Sonics. Mm, that, was, that was just unnecessary. They tied for the most wins in NHL history, fourth most points in NHL history in an era without ties, which helped you get points. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. Even bigger than the historical perspective on this, it's the second year in a row we've seen Tampa once they face adversity just disappear completely. So, I'm going to go all Stephen A. on them right now. Oh boy, we've been bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. The last 14 playoff periods of this Tampa team. They've showed up for one of them. Mm. They have showed up for one of the last 14 playoff periods of hockey. And I've watched all of them for they some They are unequivocally, in the last two years, the best team in hockey. P- 
period. Yeah. This is pathetic. Are you going to call it Kevin Durant, too? Are you going to go full <laughs> Stephen A. Smith? I, I just... I don't trust him anymore in the playoffs. I don't know how you can. I, how do you I, come? How do you come? Like, how do you come back from this? What do you? Greg and I were talking about this before the show. What do you do next year? Do you go extreme? Do you fire John Cooper? I wouldn't fire John Cooper, but you, no. But you're some, gonna, somebody's got to be change. the fall guy. Somebody's got to get like you have to do something to shake up that room. But I want to be clear. To, to me, I'm not. I'm not saying like okay, there's got to be changes in Tampa because they lost in the first round to Columbus. Assuming Columbus finishes off. To me, it is now a pattern. This team is too good to not be at least winning one Stanley Cup. And what we saw last year in Game Six and Game Seven against Washington, somebody pushed back on them and they just completely folded. I thought. Maybe that was just a one-year thing. Washington give them some credit or whatever. This seems to be ingrained in Tampa Bay's personality. And I will say this. I think there's an element of when you are an extremely skilled team that is used to scoring a lot of goals, when you get shut down for a game, let's say, in the playoffs, or let's say you get shut down for a game in the playoffs and it puts you behind in the series, you start to melt down. I've seen it with Pittsburgh. When they won the Cup in 2009, 10, 11, 12, once they started, once they fell behind in a series where they couldn't score, they were just done. But the difference is Pittsburgh had won a cup. And the difference and at some is point Tampa they changed. 3 nothing in game one. You came out, that yeah. was the one, that's the one in the one period of the last 14 that you've played well. Yeah. You score, you're up 3 nothing on Columbus on home ice in game one. If you score a fourth, what's the series right now? 2-1 Tampa probably? Yeah. Like it just, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just massively disappointing. Look, Eric Cernak is their leading scorer in the postseason. It, where is Steven Stamkos? Where is Braden well, Point? Steven Stamkos didn't even play in that last critical like, game. I think he had so little ice time, which is bizarre in and of itself. I know Kucherov missed the game, like, but where was he the first 45 goals this year for Stamkos, quietly. But their yeah. top four goal scorers don't have a goal in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there an argument to be made for staying the course, even though they're doing this this year? Is this a... Is, is this a Virginia situation where you go out in the first round of the NCAA tournament one year and then come back and win it the next year because you learn from the situation? Or do these two seasons of what the heck just happened to this team offer you enough evidence to say something's wrong, something's missing here? Something is wrong. I don't know what you do because I, you won 62 games. You don't want to overreact, mm-hmm. but, but that's the danger, right? But yeah. Again, you this, is, this is not. But this is not just a bad week. Mm-hmm. This goes back to how you lost in the postseason last year. Yeah. You you beat the Caps. You win the Cup. You, you, this is massively disappointing, but it's not cataclysmic. This doesn't happen. I don't think if you beat the Caps last year and win the Cup, because I think you have that that mental fortitude. I, look, you just got to figure out why your team can't play when it matters. Uh, well, I think it's. I think you have to figure out why your team can't play if it faces any adversity. I know yeah. we've said that all season this year. Thirty weeks of doing the show this season of yeah, Tampa hasn't faced any adversity. L- having to play with Louis Domingue for a couple weeks in the middle of the regular season when you have a twenty game lead on everybody else that's not adversity. The second they faced any adversity in the playoffs, they didn't just lose. And that's what's that's what would be the most concerning to me. There's been no pushback. It's not like, okay, wow, we let that lead slip away in game one, but we came out big in game two, and now it's 1-1. We go back and forth. Maybe Columbus wins it in seven, because like I said, Columbus is a good team. But if they just get swept, my my thing, this is, I'll take you through my pro- thought process from last week. My thought process was Columbus is a good team that nobody wants to play in the first round. And Tampa... I've seen it in the past, not just with Pittsburgh. If you are a skilled team and you fall behind, sometimes it, you melt down. But the reason I still picked Tampa was you've got Andre Vasilevsky, you've got that defense. And I know Victor Hedman hasn't been playing. That team is constructed to win cups. It's not just that they have talent up front. They are constructed the right way. 
and yet they can't do it. And so maybe they, that, and they haven't. I mean, and that, no. that's the problem. And they're getting further from it. <laughs> only two. I saw that only two teams that have won the Presidents Trophy have ever been swept in any playoff series. Two in any of them, and they both were conference finals. <laughs> so to get swept out of the first round after you won sixty-two games with the unequivocal best team in hockey on paper, yeah. yeah. Is ridiculous. It, yeah, it may be the most epic collapse in NHL history. It, it's it's it, ridiculous. You have to consider it as as that. And it's you, the most pathetic because there's been no pushback. And then you start yeah. and then you start to wonder of the, you start to go the what ifs here. Is this just going to be a a window of missed opportunity? Is this going to be what? Is this worse than what happened with the Sharks way back when? Of when you you had a lot of times the best or one of the best teams on paper and never were able to go over the hump. I think this is worse. And even their playoff issues weren't this early. No, they weren't. No. I mean, sometimes I guess they lost in the first round, but, but it wasn't where you were dominant like this. And I, this is the thing: Tampa didn't run into a hot goalie. Sometimes you run into a hot goalie in the playoff. Bobrovsky's been good, but mm-hmm. they also got to him three times. You in destroyed the first period. him in the early in that game. Yeah, they were un- they were the best team in the first period of that game. Sometimes, they blew their doors off and then stopped. It, it, they, that's the thing. You can't tell me they didn't let up in game one. I mean, it absolutely looked like they were like, oh, this is going to be easy. All right, we're up 3 nothing. We're Tampa. We, we, they had outscored they were fast. Columbus 17-3 to this season. I, just don't, I, just, I don't know how you watch the first period of game one and not think that that's the best team in the league this year. And then they just stopped. I was this close to tweeting out at the start of that game. Am I crazy to think Columbus could win this series? And by the time I got home, it was three nothing, and I was like, I guess I'm an idiot because they have Columbus can't even hang with them. Like they they can't even hang with them to start this game. And Tampa scored twice since that third period. That's unbelievable. And Stamkos, I think, is a point that you really do have to look at because Kucherov got suspended, and that was stupid, mm-hmm. and uh, not stupid on the league's part, stupid on his part. And Hedman's hurt, which is obviously a big deal. It is a big deal, but. Steven Stamkos, and I mean, this guy scored 60 goals in the season once, and then he scored 50 another year, and he had 45 this year. It's not like he's trailed off. I know he had the bad injury. I know he's had some bad luck, but 45 goals this year, even if they don't win game three, he's got to step up, and he's got to be the best player in game three, even if you lose. I mean, there's one player you game can't. Four, I mean. Well, I meant in game, oh, three, in game three, and he already no. didn't. Yeah, he needs to in I'm game saying, four. I'm he definitely didn't in game three. <laughs> no, he didn't. And, and I understand, like, I mean, I always thought it was it was ridiculous when. Crosby got beat up for it in Ovechkin up until last year of, well, if they lost, it must be their best player's fault. Stamkos isn't their best player anymore, but he's the best player on the ice, at least, in, or should have been in Game 3 with Kucherov and, and everybody out. But right. Instead, he has no points. Well, he's minus five. Yeah. And that's the thing. Control the pro- what you can control, The problem with the Ovechkin and Crosby arguments from the past was that they were producing and their teams were losing. Yeah. yeah. Which was, again, look at the team around them. Yeah. Stamkos isn't producing. No. no, no by the way, nobody is producing no. on Tampa. That's the thing. You have so much scoring depth. You Five have secondary and, and what's third? Third dairy? Tertiary? Tertiary. You have tertiary yeah. scoring on that team. He, he you, only you have five 15, total 54 of ice time. Like a four-minute drop in ice time in game three. He's not doing anything. You don't even no. notice him out I there. Know, but, I mean, oof. All right, let's flip it to Columbus here. Is uh, If they get through this series, was it worth it? I mean, this is not only... For, for going all in and yeah. losing all these guys in the offseason? Yes. Because they, they will say it is. Well, I'll just I'll point out again that Columbus has never won a playoff series. I believe. I mean, all the stats are coming out now. Like they've never won a playoff. They never won a playoff game by more than one goal. Right? Wasn't yeah. that the truth until this series? I, I, I say I, no. Yeah, I'm gonna still stick with what we said all season. Where you have to go to at least the conference finals. Yep, agreed. But if you're only gonna win one playoff series, this is the one to win. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll, it, be, it'll be a really cool nice. story. But if they bow out in the next round, it'll get lost pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. 
then it'll be, wow, Tampa was really that bad. God, I really wish Columbus had gotten, what, two more points during the regular season, and this would be Washington. They were up probably 2-1 on. I don't think Washington would have just folded. I think Columbus would have beat Washington in seven. Washington decided not to show up last night, yes. if you watch that game. They're pacing themselves. They yeah. are. I, I really yeah. felt that way. As soon as it, it, the, the lead got up a little bit, they're like, yeah, like, right, we'll yeah. just shut it down and we'll win game four. I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> Which you can is, do once you've already won a cup. This <laughs> is something new for me. I'm going to give myself credit on this show. I said last something week I was going to watch a second, yes, of that Washington-Carolina series, and I've stuck to it. It is the least. Although, I mean, I, I did watch the uh, Ovechkin fight last night. That was that was something. We'll talk about that. But but <laughs> yeah. that back back to Columbus. Duchesne's been really good. Yes, yeah. this, this is what you this is what you acquired him for. I don't still don't know why you acquired him, but this is what you acquired him for <laughs> for uh, this moment. He's been really good. Panarin showed up so far. I know that was something that we were looking to see if he would perform so far. Again, three games. Let's but. He's been really good. You have three, th- you have four point per game players: Atkinson, Wierenski, Panarin, Duchesne. They're yeah. stars. Their stars have been their stars. Let me ask you two questions here. If I know it's it's a foregone conclusion that, that Panarin and Bobrovsky are gone, but if this run continues a little bit in the playoffs, any chance Duchesne comes back? That one I, I don't think is is. I mean, Columbus is going to have cap Maybe. space that she they might can either spend on yeah. Duchesne or whoever else. Maybe. I think Duchesne's just going to want so much money. Doesn't mean that Columbus won't give it to him, but yeah. I feel like we're going to. Destroy whatever the Duchesne deal is going to end up being. Yeah, he's pretty. It's streaky. going to be. It's going to be bad. Like it's going to be a lot of money for a lot of years, and we're not going to like it. The other question, I mean, as we're recording this, Tampa's down three zero. Is there any chance they come back? There's a chance. But sure, I can't see it. At this but point. I'm not going to pick it. it. Just look dead in the water. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the thing. You could be down three. There's a scenario where you're down three nothing, but we're all saying if a team could come back, it's Tampa. Look right. at what they have. But I haven't seen Tampa not in two games. You haven't seen any life. You haven't seen any fight. They just look shocked. Yeah, and they don't look like they're having fun playing. Which I don't know why you would at this point. But you know, how, like you watch Vegas, they always even when they lost to San Jose in the first game, they just they seem to have that looseness about them of like, ah, oh, it's best of seven series. We'll come back. Like they know how to use the entire series. Tampa's like, we're, we lost game one. All right, well, we'll see you next year. And I don't know what you do in the regular season next year. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Mm-mm. How do you get up for the regular season if you're Tampa? They could go 81 and 1. I, it doesn't matter. No. It, I mean, the way they've collapsed the last two years, it does not matter. It's basically. It's going to get to this point quicker than it did with Washington. But remember, by by the time we got to the playoffs last year, it was just like, whatever Washington does in the regular season, I don't care. Show me in the playoffs, right? Tampa's gotten there instantly if they lose this. If they lose a series in four, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know. It's not any better if you lose it in five, I really don't know what you do. What would you guys do with John Cooper at that point? Would you say, we need to change at the top? We need a shakeup. We need a different voice. Or is something else missing? I don't know. You you have to do a serious internal evaluation, though. It's tough because you you have to shake something up. Something has to change. Mm -hmm. You can't can't come, even with as talented as this team is, you can't come back next year and say, okay, we'll just try again. But you're but you're going to if you fire John Cooper, you know you're doing that and taking a downgrade at your coaching spot. Yeah, I and mean, if Quenville was still the out there, if you were telling me that's a possibility, you can you can replace John Cooper with Joel Quenville because I don't think it's John Cooper's fault, but at least that is a different voice that has won in the playoffs before. If you could have gone to Quenville, I can see the merits. But like Jamie's saying, you're you're going to downgrade at coach, so it needs to be a very different style of coach, doesn't it? Call Dave Tippett. It's interesting. That is uh more on that later. Yeah, that's. It's got to be somebody like that. It's got to be somebody. Yeah, that, you can't bring in a guy that's never coached before. I don't think. Like, no, no, I, no. I, or, no. You need a. You need somebody that's going to walk into that room and say, "Okay, we tried it your way." Yeah. And how many rings do you have on your fingers? It's, None. It's it, honestly the list of coaches it would have to be for me are Tippett, Quenville, 
and I'm sure there's one or two other I'm thinking of, but I, I can't think of them right now. It's got to be somebody that coaches such a different style that you won't be as flashy, you won't win 62 games in the regular season, but you won't bow out to at least the conference finals. I just don't know, where, aside from Tippett, like, Quinville's not out there. That's the only really. one I can think of. Like, Trotz is not, not going anywhere. Like, like no. who are you bringing in? Unless the Islanders point? win the Stanley Cup and run him out of town like Washington did. <laughs> Do you want to get to that awful series now, too? That has by far been the worst series. We agree? Pittsburgh and the Islanders? Because there's been no pushback by Pittsburgh, either. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of the hockey, I watched Preds, Stars, and... I don't know. That's I mean, that's serious. they can't score. I I know, but there's there's excitement. in the game where they're like, the Stars are doing everything but score, and I'm thinking, just like all season. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no. Look, that's so. Which a, series are we doing now? Are we doing the stars one? No, let's let's okay. stay in the east. No, let's that's the west. let's so go through we'll the, east. the east. We can go Caps Canes. Okay. Is well, Washington going to win the cup now? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. No. Yes. No. You think the Boston Toronto winner? I do. I'm going to stick to what I said two weeks ago. Of if it's not Tampa, it's Washington, and it ain't Tampa. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's Washington. Okay. I don't think they're the best team, but we've seen this in the past of. In the NHL, more so than like the NBA, each series builds on itself. And so if they get through Carolina in five, and if they get through the Islanders in five or six... So you keep thinking they're going to they're gonna walk through Carolina. Like, I, I yeah, don't I think, think they they're going to walk through Carolina. I, I, they've, I, had, they've played a lot of bad hockey in this series. I know they're up 2-1. I don't think they're great. They were, they were destroyed last night. They were. They were dominated in the first period of game one. Yeah, but see, that the, the first two games where Carolina kept it close and got moral victories don't mean anything to no, me. No, I, I, I'm not saying what it means for Carolina. I'm talking about what it means for Washington. Because if they put on those performances against a team that's not Carolina, if they do that against Boston yes. or Toronto, they're going to lose the series quickly. If, if Washington was playing Boston in the first round, Boston would win in five. I, but by the time they would ever play Boston, if Boston gets there, Boston's going to be so beat up by Toronto and Columbus. I mean, I think it'll be Toronto, so they're going to be beat up by Boston and Columbus. <laughs> and Washington is going to have essentially, I think, had a cakewalk through Carolina and the Islanders. Relative. I mean, it's the playoffs. Yeah, I still think it's going to be as easy. I think they'll get through them. I just don't think it's going to be as easy as you think. But I just let, let's say let's say it is Toronto. I think they're going to have to go seven with Boston and seven with Columbus, and those are going to be physical series. Boston, it's already been physical, whereas I don't think Washington's really going to have an issue until that series. I just think that adds they're up. not they're not going to be as physical of a series, but they might be as long. I, I know I know you think nothing. I, I know you picked the Caps to sweep, and I picked uh, Caps in seven. I do think this is going to be a longer series. I would still pick the Capitals to sweep right now if we redid it. Uh, I don't I don't think that's I, I don't think they, the I don't think they could do the series that. in five games. Yeah. So. What I don't know... Well, let's talk about that fight with uh, Svechnikov oh, and Ovechkin yeah. first. Russian yeah. on Russian violence. Yeah, that was bad. It wasn't, uh, wasn't great. I don't really blame Ovechkin for that, do you? No. I mean, it's a fight. Th- You're there supposed was, to punch. There was nothing dirty about it. it. just It's just something you would rather not see. It seemed like Svechnikov kind of wanted to fight. I mean, based on what Ovechkin said, he asked him to fight. And it sure looked like it, too. I don't know why. Fighting his mentor. Yeah. Veshkin's not a fighter, but he's also built like a tank. I, I, that's not somebody I'd want to fight. And then he landed on. I mean, it was just very. Upbeat. Yeah, I mean, it was. That was, yeah, that was the brutal. It, it's just it's bad. It's again, it, nobody did anything dastardly. It just you wish it didn't happen. Does it feel like we've seen more fights in these playoffs than we saw all of the regular season? I mean, yeah, yeah, but I, I feel Jose. like we're seeing the normal playoff amount of fights. Yeah. And just nothing happened in the regular season. I feel like the the playoffs are usually a lot more physical. I don't really remember a lot of players dropping the gloves last year in the playoffs. Vegas, San Jose is, I mean, that's a bloodbath. Yeah, they, they all hate each other. They really Although well, Ryan Reeves versus like Evander Kane is, is fun. That was that was like a just everything. Match. The Twitter, the the comments through the reporters, it's yeah. all great. And they've apparently not liked each other. For, this is you know what I'm seeing from this uh, 
podcast so far is we really just want to talk about the West because it's been <laughs> light years better than the East, but we have to finish through the East here. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Islanders, I can't get a read on the Islanders because I don't think they've been that good in this series. I think having watched this series, and I have watched this series, sorry to say this, but I think Pittsburgh may have been the worst team in the playoffs. Yeah. Their blue line is a mess. They don't have any depth up front. They, Brian Dumoulin had a good team. one of the worst games. Game one for Dumoulin was one of the worst games I've seen a defenseman play. And he's a good defenseman, but he was horrible in that one. Uh, if, okay, so you saw game two. I was talking to Jamie about this before you walked in. I thought that game, and there's been a few in these playoffs, was so horribly officiated in the sense that it was a physical game and the Islanders had six power plays and Pittsburgh had one. Maybe they had two, but the other one was like a 40-second power play. I don't see how you watch a game like that as an official and give all the power plays to one team. That said, and I do think Pittsburgh would have won that game. They showed up for that game. They would have lost in five. This, I mean, they don't look good at all. No, I agree. And, and what uh, again, we can talk about, we've talked about what might happen to Tampa Bay in the offseason. There's more steam that I've heard around the league about Sullivan actually getting fired, losing his job, a guy who's won two cups. In the last three years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the series. I mean, for me, it's Tampa-Columbus where I'm mad I didn't just follow through and pick Columbus. This is Jamie's yeah, series. Yeah, this is the one I'm mad. I've been spending two months, the last two months on this show talking about how the Islanders could win a playoff series or two, and yeah. then I just I picked them to lose in seven. I don't think I grasped how bad the Penguins were. Uh, uh, they're great players, mask just how bad this team is elsewhere. And their great players are really, at this point, just Crosby and Latang. Yeah, because Malkin decided to and do whatever it is he's doing. Yeah, Gensel, too. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you the reason. I don't know why I picked them, because I usually pick Pittsburgh to lose in the first round, and this year they're going to. Uh, the reason I ultimately went with them in seven was because Matt Murray's been playing better lately. Yeah, Look, this, this team is not, even on paper, this team is not great, but they're better than what they've shown. Like it's, But they don't have that edge. Again, well, they don't have the edge, down, and... Here and this will this will be the long term concern I have with Toronto in this playoffs in terms of long term. Yeah, when your blue line sucks that badly, mm-hmm. this can happen to you. Yeah. You can run into a rut where your defense just gets demolished for two or three games, and all of a sudden it becomes infinitely more difficult to come, go back and win a series. Like, and we talked about this before. There's there's no way I can make a logical argument that the Islanders are a more talented team than Pittsburgh because they are not. But. They play, a, they play a style of hockey that can win in these short bursts, and Pittsburgh is a team, like we talked about on the show last time, that they, they're going to have prolonged stretches where they don't score, and it really messes with it, them. They get frustrated. I, I think that the similarity that we've seen through these the Tampa series and this Pittsburgh series are like Columbus just seems like they want it more, and Tampa now is just uptight. And the Islanders clearly want it more than Pittsburgh. And, and you know, I, I, to your question on Mike Sullivan— Pittsburgh won that cup in 09, and then they had all these years where Flurry was bad, or they, they would go in a scoring slump in Game 2, and they couldn't get out of it, and they melted down. And there was a stretch where it was like, if they went down two games in the series, they were done. That was just from like 2010 to whenever Mike Sullivan got there. So what was that, 15, 16? If they fell behind by more than a game in a series, they just, I don't know what it is. What he brought them was that edge to get back, and yet now we're seeing it again. They're down... Once they fell behind in the series, 2 nothing. Like I said, I thought two, Game 2 was horribly officiated, but whatever. They would have fallen behind 3-1 at some point. Game 3, they didn't even show up at home. They have so many flaws on this team. Like We talk about the long-term outlook of Tampa. What about the long-term outlook at Pittsburgh? Right. Like, I and, just, and look, you won three cups. Yeah, over, it's, over and again, period, it's so all it's worth it. It was all worth it. But yeah, you got three more years of Crosby, Malkin, Kessel. They're tied up. They're making huge money. They're all going to be 32 or older. I mean... Do, do you feel like the window season. just closed? 
Uh, what, is the, it close? The window they, to win a cup would close yes. last year. I yes, okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think it has too. I really feel it's done. They, they had their time and they won three yep. cups, so it was all worth it. But they'll be competitive. They'll be a they'll be a wild card right. team. But, but Sid is going to go out not contending. Yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, it, it was the reason it was so hard to get a read on them at the end of the season. Is what did they finish with like a hundred, hundred two points or something? Everybody in the East was up around a hundred yeah. points. So you don't think. You don't think okay they're they're really as bad as they looked for stretches this season, but to your point, Craig, I, I mean I can't think of a team in the playoffs they'd be winning a series against right now. The Islanders might be the second worst team. We don't know. We don't know yet. Uh, what's the other? Oh, Toronto, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this this series is going seven. Games, it's fun. just like the I hope previous so. two meetings between these teams. I think Boston wins the next game, and then we have a best of three. I I really yeah. hope so. This series to me, and the, the, I will say the the game threes in these series have gotten better in all but Pittsburgh and Tampa series. The first two games, I was really disappointed because there's only been two series where, where one team, you know, you have that ebb and flow of a seven game series where one team pushes back and then the other team adjusts and they push back. Boston did it in game two. Toronto did it in game three. To me, this series has saved these playoffs. The other, some of the other ones are catching up now, but this, the expectations were high for this and yeah. it has there exceeded are a couple, them. There are a couple in the West that I think are been well worth the money, yeah. but yeah, this this has been by far the best series in the East. It, it's even inside of the games. We were watching the ebb and flow that you're talking about yeah. inside of the game. I thought last night's game was a perfect example for a while there, where every time would Toronto would score, Boston would score right back. Toronto gets a power play goal. Two minutes later, Boston's on the power play. They get a power play goal. It, this is just an extremely exciting series. Um, I think we are, even though we're not in Toronto, I think we're legally obligated per our Twitter uh, mentions to discuss Mitch Marner. His existence on this planet and the fact that he blocked a couple shots last night. Now he's the greatest player that's ever played <laughs> no, hockey. A couple shots that weren't going in. Yeah, but but way. he's now the greatest player that's ever touched uh, a stick or laced up a pair of skates. So, yeah. um, how much do you think Wayne? Gret- I mean, Mitch Marner is going to get in the offseason? Uh, Fifteen million. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll go back to what I've been saying. If, if there's a team out there that offer sheets him to a certain point, Toronto won't be able to keep him. Look, he, he's an awesome player. But it's something that I saw right before Game 1 that was very interesting to me because I don't watch a lot of the Canadian feeds just because, you know, Arizona and Canada, there's some distance between, you know, there's a couple things in between. But it is fascinating to me at how there is this intense focus, like a laser focus there, not just from the fan base, from the media, on Mitch Marner. The entire pregame was on what Boston was going to do to adjust to Mitch Marner. Not Austin Matthews, not John Tavares. Not John Tavares, who's going to be the difference in this but series Mitch if they win. And Tavares has been excellent in this series. Yeah, and he wasn't there last year. I mean, that's the di- if you look at the series, the biggest difference is Toronto, who lost in seven to Boston last year, didn't have John Tavares, and now they do. Yeah, and look, Mitch, Mitch Marr has been terrific. Yeah, right? He's a great player, don't he get is. me wrong. But, but again, I mean... He's still premium, the third best player on that premium team. Premium positions. Uh, it, to, to me, if you're saying, oh, you know, if you're making the Mitch Marner... Austin Matthews comparison, and and granted, Matthews still has some growth in his game we, that we that we need to see, but he plays a more difficult position. Yeah. The center position is more difficult. It has far more responsibilities, especially than against Boston. Yeah. Now, and, and it's also been interesting to watch Boston's top line outplayed. They produced, mm-hmm. but they've been outplayed. I like too that there's very different styles in this series, and we're seeing that tug of war. Where like the first game, Toronto kind of got to play their style, and there was this thought of like, at least listening to their media for the last two months, of we're going to have to play Boston style to have a chance to win. By the way, Toronto media they do just say we. I mean, they're just they're all in yeah. on the Maple Leafs. They don't care, uh, and not not like the Toronto broadcast, just like media in general in Toronto. But then Boston forces Toronto to play Boston's game in Game Two. Toronto clearly can't do that. 
Nazem Kadri kind of can, but then he always no, ends bro. up suspended. <laughs> Nazem Kadri can't help, just can't help himself. Yeah. He absolutely cannot help himself. Not in that corner against Boston. He really can't. So, How do you feel about the suspensions for series versus a number of games? I, that, like, I like it. Take yeah. him out of the series. I like that. I didn't necessarily expect it, but if let's say you go three, let's say you go four games, and that series goes seven games, it's not fair. He should get to come back for game seven. And uh, if you went five, yeah. and he comes, and he misses the first two games next year or something, that would have been weird yeah. too. I think in cases like this, it makes sense where you start to then not only worry about punishing the player, yeah. but what happens if you put that player back on yeah. the ice in that series? I think that Free is a, a great example of you know what? Let's just make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I know Toronto fans thought that the officials lost control of Game 2 in that series, too. Um, I, I don't know that... I mean, the power plays were pretty even. I know that doesn't tell the whole story. That was just a physical game. I was I was going to ask you guys, if Matthews didn't do anything last night, which player with Arizona ties is more hated in Toronto right now, Austin Matthews or Jake DeBrusque? But <laughs> Matthews finally started scoring. So um, I would watch a best of... 81 between those two teams. I hope they play in the first round again next year. Yeah, me too. It is a great series. Although, well, this is great they hockey. might. Yeah, they will. Probably. Unless Tampa, well, unless, Tampa, unless Tampa implodes. Yeah. yeah. Which, which by the way, imploding would like implode back to 50-something wins. I'm fascinated by what, how that team gets fired up for game one of the regular season next year. Right. I, I'm fascinated by their offseason. What do they do? Yeah. I really wonder what you do at this point. It's a hard decision. Because you, you, as you said earlier, you don't want to overreact. No. This this group you put together won 62 games. It'd be easier if you had Victor Hedman right now. Yes, to, I agree. Sure. That's part but, of I the evaluation. A, but I don't think that's a difference in the series. They, if, if I don't they know blame if he is, this, but he's an awfully good player. I mean, he's, to me, he's the best all-around defenseman in the game. I agree. But if they blame this, if they want to say, oh, no, this is nothing. This was just Victor Hedman was hurt and Kucherov was suspended one game. They yeah. are fooling themselves. Yeah, they're not And they scoring. will be right back here next year. A team that scores four goals a game in the regular season has two goals in the last two and a half games. And Columbus, while I think they are good, they're not that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Tampa's who, problems go well beyond. Like Tampa, they have so they're it's up here. Yeah, I'm pointing at my head. I know this is not a. a <laughs> Jamie's pointing yet. to the ceiling. Uh, that's where their problems are right now. Tippett intrigues me. That's that's the one where it's like that. I, hard I, to walk into a better situation. I, I don't in terms think of it's talent. Cooper's fault, but when, I, I when don't you either. point to your head and say it's up there. And you're not talking about yourself. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, it, again, it's tough to fire a coach that could very well win Coach of the Year this year. But the problem is, is you have to change something. You, you can't, again, definition of insanity. You can't go back in with this same team and go, this year it's going to be different because the last two years were a, a disaster to end it. You have to do something. If, you, you didn't like my UVA comparison, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, because... Because that, that's single elimination. I know. Yeah. I know, but... I mean, yeah, it's retribution if Tampa comes back and wins the Cup next year. But this was the year they were supposed to do that, kind of. I mean, yeah. I know I know, losing to Washington in seven is not it's the like way, losing it's to the UNBC, way they but... It's the way they lost last year. It's just... Yeah, they've done it two years in a row. I just thought... I, I don't know. It's This is now a trend with them. And again, you haven't won... fire missing here. There's a... And you haven't won ever. Like, I know you got there once and lost to Chicago, but you haven't won it... And th- this With team, this group, this yeah. team. I'm not talking about Le, Ca- Le, Ca- Le Cavalier one. Maybe bring Martin Saint Louis back and see if and that Vinny Le Cavalier, them. yeah, and all of them. Well, maybe they just got first. You got to work on bringing Braden Point back. <laughs> and Stephen Stamp goes. What if you get to? What if they push this to a game seven and lose? Does that change your outlook at all for the off season? A little, yeah, probably. It shows me they had some fight left in them. Yeah. They found a way to respond to the adversity that we've been talking about. 
Just haven't seen it yet. I gotta see again. You gotta see their best player step up too. Yeah. Brain Point has more points in his name than on the ice this series. See, That's I, a problem. Jamie's been waiting thirty five minutes to use that line <laughs> yeah. and he finally got to. And it's three games, so you you can't sure. you can't make massive judgments on players based on this small no, sample size. No, you're not, it's you're just not, what the playoffs are. It's yes. the nature of it. But But if you get swept out of the first round and two yeah. of your four best players are not contributing at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're supposedly your best uh, player has his ice time slashed. Like, wow. Come on. That's a problem. If if you're going to make changes, I just want to explore this before we get over to the West, and it's not John Cooper, what changes are you talking about? Are you trading Stephen Stamkos? No, but I mean, what, what you, can you really do? That That's why I don't, I don't know. Because you, you can't look at this team and the talent level on this team and say, we have a massive problem somewhere. But also, how do you test how you're going to perform in the playoffs in October? You can't. They're going to fall into that vicious cycle of, all right, well, back to another six months of meaningless games for us, and then it's going to come down to a week next April. And if they fall behind one nothing in the first round does, series next year, what do they does do? Does this team need to be two games under five hundred at Thanksgiving for them to care? Like, what, like, See, I think they care too much, and they're just uptight, and you can't play hockey that way. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be less uptight after they get swept. No, it's going to get worse and worse. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what you do. Yeah, because now you've got the reputation. You, 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 you sign Justin, Justin yeah. Williams in the offseason and hope yeah, I mean, like, that, like what do you, who do you bring? You're, like, you're looking for that kind of you leadership or presence in the locker room to Yeah. Who are the game seven? Joel Ward, Justin Williams, who are the other guys? Justin that Williams always... is a free agent too. So. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm like. Are you bringing in a veteran presence? And I mean veteran like playoff veteran presence? Is one player gonna make that much of a difference? See, I don't think it's uh, going into the playoffs next year, Justin Williams would be like, all right, guys, we got to care. I think it would be, all right, we lost game one. The series isn't over. That's Mm -hmm. what Tampa's missing. It's like Mm -hmm. this wasn't single elimination. You could have blown that first game and still won the series. That would be the most concerning thing to me. And I don't don't have the answer unless they can bring Steve Eiserman back because he built the roster. (laughs) On the ice? (laughs) <laughs> yes, player, player, third slash line GM. center, Steve Eisman. <laughs> yeah, where, where are we starting in the West? Oh, let's start with Vegas, San Jose. All right, okay, let's, let's, the that's other fun. best series in my mind. Yes. Uh, Vegas is fun still. Vegas is, is a lot of so fun. We, I wanted Poor to point Seattle. this out because we said at the beginning of the season <laughs> that we thought this team was deeper and better than the team that went to the Cup final last year. They are. Look at the top of the NHL playoff mm-hmm. scoring leaders Stasny, right now: Stasny, Mark Stone, Stone Paul Stasny, Max Pacioretty. All additions to the Vegas roster since last season. That's really impressive on George McPhee's part, isn't it? It yeah. really is. It really is. <laughs> the, the guys you brought in are producing, and wow, is Mark Stone a good hockey player. How about the fact that, that Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne, not to the same extent, but two players that teams went out and got at the trade deadline are actually paying off? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That doesn't always happen. Mark Stone is, I mean, he's... He's been great. Paul Stasny just is a guy you want on your in your lineup in the postseason. Yeah, just and and Pacioretty, it, it it's refreshing to see because he has his talent level has exceeded his production the last couple of years, and we know what he did a few years back in in Montreal. He's right? averaging basically thirty four goals a year. Yeah, and it kind there. of just fell off a cliff there. And yeah. it's good to see. I mean, Vegas. This whole series is fun, but Vegas is a fun team. They look mm. like they're having fun. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not like that's not a hundred percent of what it takes to win in the playoffs. But last year it was different because they were an expansion team; they had nothing to lose. But like this year, they lose Game One to San Jose. Okay, so they're down one zero, and, and Tampa's down one zero. And Tampa went down the path of well, everything is gloom and doom, and we're done. And Vegas just came out like fired up in Game Two, huh? right? And San Jose needs a goalie. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, becoming my, an my issue. Knew, we knew that. Where that and that was. 
we talked about San Jose's colossal failures of the past. It was always goaltending related then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nabokov. Yeah, take that, Nabokov, if you're listening. So is this a must-win for San Jose tonight? Yes. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Or they're yet another team that's going to face a, a major reckoning this summer. And, and a team with so much age on the roster and Eric Carlson maybe leaving that it feels like it's over for them, too. Yeah. Yeah, their, their window is, is about to shut. And I mean, do you bring back? Pavelski, Thornton, why? Why would you at this point, right? I, I'd bring back Pavelski if I You could. would, yeah. Okay. Depending on... It, Man, I don't know. Depending. Like, oh, it depends on the deal. Because I feel like that's a deal that you're going to hate in two years. Yeah, If it you're is. San Jose. Because uh, t- to me, I-, I look at this team and I wonder what happened to Martin Jones. Yeah, because he did get them to a cup two years ago. Yeah, three and, years and ago. he has been, up until this season, extremely strong in a fairly limited sample size. But in the postseason, he, he had been strong. He was terrible this year, though. They should He's have objectively the one of the worst goalies in the league yes. this year. He should not be starting game four, but he is. Pete DeBoer. they don't have another. Aaron Dell's been bad, too. Yeah, Aaron Dell's not great. But I, I just, th- this is the thing we always feared with, with Jones and, and Sharks this year, that Jones could, would be the one that could derail them. I don't care how much they're scoring. It's bad. And it's this is a team that's like right on the cusp of being in this limbo zone that you don't want to be, where the top part of your roster is aging, and a couple of those guys are going to need new deals. You have some young pieces coming up, but if you try to compete the next year or two and sign those guys, Mm-mm. you're looking in three to four years where you're a team in major cap trouble that's fighting to be a second wild card team. That's where I am right now too. When you, when you look at their roster, Pavelski's a free agent after the season. He'll be 35. Going into next Which season. Which always shocks me. 35. Yeah. It feels like he's way older Joe than Joe Thornton, UFA. Gus Nyquist, UFA. Eunice Donskoy, UFA. Eric Carlson, UFA. That's a lot of key pieces. Do you really bring back those guys and think, yeah, we can make another run with guys who are in their mid-30s? Are you saying another run next year? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Is, if, otherwise, why are you bringing them back? I will I mean, say Joe this. Thornton should retire, right? Yeah. But why Why do you bring – what does Pavelski's deal look like? Do you think he's going to settle for a one- or two-year deal? No. no. I don't think so, and I don't want to sign him any longer than that. He's 35 years old. He has a lot of mileage. I'd give You're him going three to years. see the decline. I'd, I'd go up to three with him. You're going to hate the third year. But, I yeah, but, you, but you you're going to have – I think but he signs a three- to four-year year. deal. In the offseason. Yeah. Not with Why Santa are they a contender? Is there Eric Carlson coming back? No. Well, I don't think if, they're if, a contender. If they were going to re-sign Eric Carlson, it would have not happened already. Yeah. It's not happening. I, that, my two greatest frustrations Welcome to Vegas, season Eric. Is, yeah, whoever wins the series just gets to keep Eric Carlson. My two greatest frustrations with these playoffs are, or I guess the season in general... I don't really care who wins Tampa or Columbus, but I would have. I wanted to see Tampa in the playoffs. Like I wanted to see Tampa against Toronto or Boston or I would Washington. Also, like to see Tampa in the playoffs at some point. Let yeah. me know when they decide to show up. It's not going to be this year. But my other thing is, we never really got to see Eric Carlson on the Sharks this year. He started slow. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, with the, all of this, with the caveat that I don't think San Jose's done in this series. But let's just say they do bow out to Vegas. Yeah, they have. They need to win this game. If they lose this game, I think they're in big trouble. Yeah. I don't think you're beating Vegas three straight games. Not with that goaltending. No. San Jose, Pittsburgh, or Tampa, which one would you most to least want to be? If Let's say San Jose goes out. Let's say they all go out in the first round. I'd still want to be Tampa. Because that, their window is a yeah. lot more open than Pittsburgh so and San Jose. Talent there. So much talent. I feel like you can tweak that and figure it out. Yeah. San Jose and Pittsburgh. I mean, sure, Tampa's confidence is they're, shot. They're but at the end of their runs. Yeah, Pittsburgh's so, at least so, I got guess the San Jose cups. would be the team I'd least want to be because I don't have three Stanley Cups. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Look, I, it, it's a weird spot for San Jose. If their goaltending just gets to be decent, remember, go back if they had average goaltending thing that we talked about in the last yeah. show, they can win the cup this year. I, I, I guess what I'm saying they're not out of the series, but if they lose, 
their long-term outlook is not great right now. But what if they... Which, by the way, they've extended their window far beyond what it should have Doug been. Wilson's they've done, done, a, they've done a marvelous job. I guess my thing with San Jose is it's pretty clear what they need to fix. Like, I hear what you're saying about the contracts, and, and I'm not giving those guys all three, four years, and, and some and it's different for each player. But if I go out in the offseason and I get a goalie that I feel like can win in the playoffs, then I do want Pavelski back because I think you're a contender next but year. Who's Even if Eric Carlson be? walks? He's walking. He's, He's walking. <laughs> He's walking. The I'm, kind of money he's going to get, which is yeah. walking. Which now makes, in retrospect, is why they didn't give up as much. I think this was anything, more. Yeah. This was more obvious that this was going to be a rental than we thought it was going to be. And again, you're, you're paying Martin Jones almost six million dollars for the next five seasons. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't. What do you do? You're what paying do you Aaron Dell two million next year. You don't. You don't have the room. You're not adding you, a goalie unless you go into a Dallas situation, right? Where you have three goalies making stupid money, or two goalies. It was it was Niemi and. Yeah, so then you have nobody Part that can. Sc- then, then you have nobody outside that, your top line that can score. Time. It was a yeah. terrible time. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, you can't. I don't know what you do. You can't. You're probably not trading Martin Jones. Who's taking him? I, I can't think of any teams. The only team I can think of that's a contender that needs a goalie is San Jose, and uh, they know that Martin Jones isn't the answer. Because you're in this weird spot because you've got 34 year old Brent Burns signed for a thousand more years. Yeah. You've got 32 year old Mark Edward Vlasic signed for a thousand more years. You have. 30-year-old and 27-year-old Evander Kane and Logan Couture signed for a while. Like, I just th- see this thing going downhill. I feel like you're running into this transition time where you might have another one-year window four years down the road at some point when some of your young guys come up and maybe Kane and Couture are still okay, but your, your cup window is closed after this season. Yeah. I, I think with San Jose, it's easier to look and say... If they play almost anybody else in the West, I think this is a, a different story. But, I mean, that, look, that's the reality. You ran into Vegas, yeah. and, and time's not going to wait because you ran into Vegas. But I don't think they have the issues that Pittsburgh and, on some level, even Tampa Bay have. I, I think they do. I think this, again. They will. I, I agree. They, they, next this year, they, year they are a very good team. They could still win the cup. Yeah. But long, two, one year from now, two years from now, three years from now, they they and Pittsburgh are in very similar situations. Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves, that fight was. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not watching the playoffs for fighting, but if those two want to fight every game, I'll watch every single time. And I give Evander Kane a ton of credit because I I, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure he's like trained in the art of boxing. I believe I've heard that. But Ryan Reeves is eight feet taller yeah. than him. That's that's not a fight that you can. Uh, has anybody ever beat Ryan Reeves in a fight? That's not somebody I'm fighting. I wouldn't want to try. On next week's episode, yeah, Jamie, question to ask him. Jamie, yeah. ma- Jamie tries to fight Ryan Reeves. That's that's next week's episode. Flames, Avs. Hmm. I like the series. It's a fun series. Yeah. Well, this is uh, <laughs> it's got some fun angles for the locals. There's a lot of defense played last night. Mike Smith had two retro games where he looked like 2012 Mike Smith, and then then there was last night. So to be fair yeah. to Mike Smith for last night, which he was not good, and they you, left him in for the whole game. Yes. You can only give up. <laughs> You can only give up so many grade-A scoring chances True. to any goalie. True. Like, Colorado had 25 awesome chances in that game. <laughs> like, it was... Colorado's fun, man. It didn't really matter if they were shorthanded on the power plays, even strength. They just, every time they had the puck, they had a scoring chance. Yeah. It was remarkable. Yeah. That, I had that game on in the studio here last night, and I, I honestly thought it was just highlights because it was just Colorado going up and down the ice and scoring on Calgary. Uh, this is the other series I kicked myself for, not because I thought Colorado would necessarily win, but I was—I I know I said on some platform before the playoffs started, one of the number one seeds was going to lose in the first round, and it's very possible now both of them lose in the first round, but I didn't say it on this this platform. So th- this is not going to shock anybody, but uh, Nathan McKinnon is very good. Wow, he's... He is taking over 
this series. Um, Kel McCarr looked great last night. Yeah, nothing like winning the Hobie Baker and then, what, two days later stepping in and scoring in the playoffs? Yeah, he looked great last night on both ends. It's the one thing we didn't talk about with the draft lottery. It's probably good Colorado didn't get a top two pick. Cause yes, it is. Yeah, team it is scary. It's going to be loaded. Yes. So to answer your question, uh, per natural stat trick, the, the the Avalanche had 28 scoring chances last night. 28. That seems low. Chances, which is <laughs> that seems low to me watching that. And game. 11 high danger scoring chances. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Okay. So, I like my eyes didn't deceive me. I felt like they had. A... <laughs> Calgary's Calgary has a good defense. It's almost like, what's ten going scoring on? chances a period. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, but if you think about that series, and the other team though, has the puck sometimes. I mean, th- this is that ebb and flow that I was talking about. It's yes. there in the series because Calgary was up with what a, two minutes left in game two. They could have gone up two zero mm-hmm. in the series, and then you wonder not not if Colorado just rolls over at that point, but you do wonder if it's like all right, it's a really hard situation. Yeah, yeah. four or five. Yeah. And instead, they get that goal late. McKinnon. McKinnon. And, uh, yeah. That overtime of game two was what you point to if you're trying to convert somebody yes. to become a hockey fan. Yes. Where it's like Calgary almost wins. Great save by Grubauer. Three seconds later, Calgary has lost because McKinnon can get up and, and down also the just, ice. Yeah, just fall in love with that player. Nate McKinnon. Yeah, he's so, so good. Bar down. To Plus, the game just too. so good. Yeah, we really got to is. see Ian Cole break away last night. <laughs> he tried really hard. And they ended up getting a goal on, on it. I think Nieto ended up putting it back in. But like... What, what does life look like covering, watching a, a franchise center? I, I just I We should know. get our guests from Colorado back on and I, ask there's them. There's so many teams like, that have had franchise centers. Yeah. Mm. We just we, we don't get we those don't get around that, here. No. But at least Colorado's doing something with theirs. Oh, yes. Edmonton he's, and Buffalo are he's not. He's a wonder to watch. Nathan McKinnon is so darn good. Is he the guy that has stood out in the playoffs to you the most so far? I mean, Mark Stone's definitely Mark, a Mark Stone's the other one. Mark yeah. Stone gets the nod there yeah, for me. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, McKinnon has been... It's so funny to think about his sophomore year when he slumped a little bit and yeah. people were off the McKinnon bandwagon. Oh, that's not a good contract. Remember uh, that? That's yeah. like this guy was the best contract. Like he wasn't an, anointed the king of hockey at 15, and yeah. then all of a sudden he had one only like 60 point season and he was terrible. Yeah, on a bad team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Stone has six goals though. So, do you yeah. ever think He's on nine two shots goals a game? Yeah. On nine shots. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's shooting 66.7 percent from um, from the field. Did you ever think Mark Stone was going to be this good? No. 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 I didn't think no, he'd dominate like this. And again, small sample size, but man, he's showing up on the big stage. And this is what you want big-time players to and, do, right? And while yeah. he's flashed at times, this is what Calgary needs Johnny Gaudreau to do. One yeah. assist to three games, he needs to be more productive. Sam Bennett's our leading point-getter right now. It's because of that mustache. Have you seen that mustache? It's great. It is intense. That is worth burning a year of his ELC for. But... <laughs> <laughs> that, which that's, by the which that's by, a callback to like episode fifteen of this which show. by the way is not what the Avs are doing with Kale Maker he cannot be uh, Kale McCarr he cannot be his contract can't be can't slide no there, so did, did you see the Avs fan with the sign of uh, dude where's Macar yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's pretty outstanding no Mark Stone I, I need to double check okay so he finished this year with thirty three goals yeah. but prior to this year he never even hit thirty goals in the season and all of a sudden now it's, it's kind of been ascending like we uh, I mean is late bloomer a little bit. Leap Bloomer, superstar. He would be the Smythe winner if they gave it yeah, out after three games. So is me. I mean, superstardom, at least. I yeah. mean, I guess okay. we're get, we're getting spoiled by seeing all these guys at 23, 24 right. years old scoring all the points. But, uh, but for Calgary again, their best players. One point for Giordano. One point for Brody. One point for Goudreau. They need to step up. Yeah, Matthew Chuck's the only player with there's multiple plenty goals. Of time. All they got to do is win the next game. It's yeah. even going back to Calgary, and they're back in control of the series. And these two one. Siri, you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't overreact with a two no. series. It's just, no, 
But that fourth game, I know this is the most common yeah. sense thing you yep. could say. That's it, it's bigger in some series because as much as I like Colorado, if they go up three one, I still don't think Calgary's out. But no. like like you Especially said, Craig, you have two of the three at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you said with Vegas, if Vegas goes up three one, they're not losing three in a row. No way, no way, Vegas is losing three in a row. What about Jets Blues? This has quietly been a really Patrick good series. Patrick Line is scoring yeah. in the playoffs, so that's good. And also, do you want to offer an apology to Patrick Maroon? Jamie, we should no. we should specify that you're saying it. To Jamie. Jamie's going to fight Patrick Maroon and Ryan Reeves next week on the show. I don't know why you're fighting Ryan Reeves. You've never said anything bad about him, which is a smart move. Jamie's quiet over here. Very quiet. He's trying to figure out how to word this to Patrick. He's he's writing it and with uh, a with a, a dear with Pat, a feather pen. I have been a maroon. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry I doubted you. <laughs> Where do you see this uh, series going? Seven. You, you, yeah? yeah. Even though St. Louis is up two zero. Okay. Yeah. That these are both cup contenders, right? Whoever wins the series could 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 anybody in the West could you rule them out and say they have no chance of making the Stanley Cup? I know you're both going to say Dallas, yeah, yeah. But yeah. other than them, <laughs> Dallas wins I mean, it. I feel like Winnipeg needs to win this next game too. You know, you're, you you got a big win, but you're still down two one, and the next game's in St. Louis, and you think they, they they've been troublesome? I mean, mm-hmm. Winnipeg hasn't played well down no. the stretch. So no. you know they fall three one. You just think, okay, this is just more of what we saw over the second half of the season. There's wrong here as well, but there's a lot of talent on that roster. I, I still don't really get what happened to Winnipeg, to be honest. The the thing I would say with them is they just scored six goals. And so I, part of me wonders if they got to Jordan Bennington finally, if they maybe figured something out. But other than that, it, it, it's again, it's a different feel when you're down 2-1 or 3-0 and you can't score. Mm-hmm. Whereas, okay, yeah, we're down in the series, but we know we can score on this team. So we don't yeah. have to spend the next period and a half of, of the next game trying to figure out how to score. The next game is going to be a really good game between Jets and, and Blues. They've all yeah. been. Yeah. If the Flames and Jets and Sharks all bow out here, this is exactly what we, we said about the West when the playoffs started. What, who the heck is coming out? Yeah. Who the heck is coming out? I think at that point, I'd pick Vegas again. Yeah. I would too. I think I would too. I think I might be leaning toward Vegas right now coming out of the yeah. West. Are you off St. Louis? I mean, St. Louis has looked good. St. Louis has looked good, but I don't think they're at Vegas's level. I just, there's just something about Vegas, man. God, if they make the Stanley Cup their first two Dude. years. <laughs> and then sign Eric Carlson in the offseason. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's outstanding. It's hard not... I enjoy watching this team play. They're fun. Yeah. They're, they're a fun team. Fun. It's a fun city. It's an awesome environment. Like, there's just... Let's just take a road trip for the, East, uh, the Western uh, Conference Finals. Some, someone, someone, someone that was like a casual hockey fan on Twitter said, look, the NHL deserves to be dragged for a lot of things, but the best thing they've done in years is expanding to Vegas. They beat yes. all the other leagues to Vegas, mm-hmm. and all the other leagues look stupid for not going to Vegas. And also... Stupid. I believe it was Ryan who wrote in last week and said, give me a team to root for in the playoffs to fall... Vegas. Yes. I don't know, a we, lot we of all people were jumping on the Carolina bandwagon, and, and, and Carolina's a neat story, but yeah, yeah Vegas. No Vegas. Yeah, what, are you hockey, do? Man. what are you going to do after five games with Carolina? They're you not even a rival team. anymore, thanks to the NHL's brilliant realignment plan. <laughs> All right, the probably we saved the best for last. Uh-huh. Dallas Nashville, which somehow I've seen all three games, oh. just because of the way life has worked out for me. Oh. Got to say, this series hasn't been as bad as I expected. Okay, first of all, is Jamie Alexiak and Ben Lovejoy the worst defensive pair in the playoffs, <laughs> or maybe the worst defensive pair in the NHL? As a Pens fan, do you want you want to answer that question? Both former Penguins <laughs> that I kind of wish were back right now. <laughs> I've watched, I've watched multiple. There was one shift where they they turned the puck over a combined four times in their in their yes, own end. Yes, oh, that's I'm a game they play. Like, oh my god, why are these guys together? It was brutal. I could, they're together because they deserve each other. That's why they're together. 
just sifting through the wreckage that is this series, have you seen anything from Nashville that makes you think, all right, yeah, they got the easiest draw in the first round in the West. Maybe <laughs> well, that's, that's well, that's that's the caveat, right? I don't I don't know how to judge Nashville yet. Yeah, I think they're going to win this series, yeah. and if. If we're talking about all the other teams that could have had home ice on them being out of the playoffs, well. Yeah, it's a good first round for them because of everything else that's happening. But that's I, why you win the division. That's why you step up yeah, the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, it's, I guess the only team would have been Calgary. Yeah. But Winnipeg would have been a tough draw for them. Winnipeg might go out. Yeah. Calgary might go out. Yeah. Mm, man. We could oh. be heading towards Nashville, Vegas. I mean, could St. Be, Louis. Though. Be Preds Blues then? Is that what we're looking at? Could be. That's what we're looking yeah. at right now. If it was best of three, and newfound goal I can see score. Nashville winning that series. Newfound goal scorer Rocco Grimaldi. Rocco Grimaldi. He's been a beast for the last two games. It's uh, not. This yeah. is not. This is, it's all right, so. Last night's game was kind of enjoyable for a Nashville Dallas game, but <laughs> I, I said this off the air. But the, the commentators at one point were saying Dallas is doing everything but scoring. <laughs> And I'm thinking, yeah, that's the same story. Right on cue. That, that's their move. <laughs> they can't score. Um, I will. I mean, they don't. What's the deal with that? <laughs> I don't feel like they've sucked the life out of the games. No, the Islanders have sucked the life out of that series. True. This is Dallas Ottawa is just, two years it ago. Must be maddening to watch as a fan. Oh, yeah. here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these scoring chances they won't convert. At least you're getting the scoring chances, though. I mean, the, the <laughs> yes, worst way to lose... players will tell you, hey, as, if I'm getting my chances, I feel good. Well, well, at what point do you stop feeling good? I mean, after an 82-game season when you're not scoring yeah. with those chances, do you start feeling like maybe something's wrong? What's their team shooting percentage? Like oh, one no. this year? No. Uh, Kyle Turris, has he retired? That's a valid question that was put in I notes. haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, I'm, just, oh, I'm just checking. Season. I'm asking the question. Is, is he still here? So... Let's look at his career real quick. He underachieved with the Coyotes, but he was really young. Yes. He was the player that I think the Coyotes thought they were drafting for Ottawa. And now he's underachieving in a big way again. I would almost say he was better with the Coyotes than he's been for Nashville. Well, he's collecting $6 million for five more seasons, so... That's nice. I thought you were going to say $6 million I, I, for five more goals. I, really I don't think his... Seven goals? Yeah. Seven he goals played. and twenty three points. It's and not like he missed. Well, we played fifty five games, but okay. But, but, but still, I mean, it's not like he missed like seventy. No, I just don't think his game meshes with Nashville. I thought that it was. I know Nashville when they they got him, they they desperately needed to figure out what to do at, down the middle of their ice, and, and that's been an issue for them for years. But are we are we seeing a flaw with David Poyle? Did he make a bad decision? He might have made one. One, <laughs> one. What did they even? I mean, that was the trade that. Okay, that was there was a lot of players involved in that trade. This wasn't that wasn't that Duchesne and the the pick that became the fourth pick this year. Yeah, it was Sam a Gerard, trade. let me. Uh, let Joe Sakic, who was about to lose his job, fleeced everybody in that deal. Oh, right, right, right. But uh, Torres is going to be thirty years old when next season starts. He has five more seasons at an AAV of six million, and oof. and he's one of those guys too that somehow aged five years in the last year because he was like it. He was twenty five last year, so he's like a medical marvel. <laughs> it's very strange that he did make that jump. Uh, if if David Poyle made a mistake, it's the exception that proves the rule. This is the slight payback for getting Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat. This is step one in that in that payback. But mm. the leading scorer for Nashville in the series has two points, so it's <laughs> and they're leading the series. Yeah, it's it's just it's hard to watch. If you had to rank these series right now, just give me your top four in terms. Can of I like, start with this one at eight. 
Yes. By the way, I, the, I have the full. Let's establish that. I have the full trade before and you. Boston, ran. Toronto is one, so it's yeah. just sorting out the middle six. Which is what you thought going in, right? right. Didn't you think yeah. that was going to be? I mean, I thought Washington, Carolina would be the worst. Pittsburgh, the Islanders has actually been the worst. Yeah, that hasn't even has. been. I, I Pittsburgh plays in a playoff game tonight, and I have completely forgotten it's even happening. So the the full trade was Preds got Turris, Sens got Duchesne, and the Avs got Shane Bowers, Andrew Hammond, Samuel Gerard, Vladislav Kemenev, the fourth pick in this year's draft, and a second round pick from Nashville. Well done, Joe Sackett. Yeah. That's that is a redemption story along the lines of Tiger Woods. <laughs> he was about to lose his job and now they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Uh Toronto Boston's been the best. Vegas, San Jose has been the second best. Yes, yeah, and I think there's a line. Yeah, like that's clearly a top tier, and then we're dropping. And well, that's what we expect. But I still, I, I like watching Flames Abs just because I like the players in the series. So I think I'd that would be my third, put that number yeah. three, and then hmm. St. Louis, Winnipeg would, would have to be fourth. Four. But I'd almost yeah. put that in like the third tier. Okay, so then Caps, Canes, Islanders, Penguins, and Pred Stars. I, there we go. I put Pred Stars fifth ahead of. Yeah, those well, other series. The, the Islanders series has hard not to been watch. exciting. That's the thing, except for the fact that like, oh wow, Tampa Bay is actually going to get swept. Like, yeah. there's, it hasn't been a compelling series no. outside of Game One. No. Game One was it's very true. compelling, but that was true. about it. It's a great point because I've I've talked to some people that aren't huge hockey fans, and I'm like, yeah, these playoffs again. They got better in, in Game Three, but the first two games, I was like, this is pretty disappointing. And there, anybody that's not a hockey fan is like, how can you say that? That Columbus storyline's great. Yeah, it's a great story until you actually watch the games. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, I don't need to watch this. Tampa's done. They're, they're losing in the second period. They're not coming back. Tampa Bay doesn't have the offense to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? I don't know. Uh, all right. We've got listener questions, but I want to get to some of the news and notes. How about uh, Elaine Vigneault to Philadelphia? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not John Quenville. That's sort of how I feel. Yeah. Okay. I, I, think, well. I think he's a... He's an experienced coach. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. I don't okay. think it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. Well, although I've heard that Philadelphia is going to be very aggressive this offseason. We'll see how, how much they can reshape things. But If, if Carter Hart can mm-hmm. follow up his rookie campaign with anything close to what he did, they will be a playoff contending team. I really want anybody to offer sheet anybody this offseason. And I don't know if Philadelphia has the room to do it, but they've at least shown in the past that they're they willing tried. to do it. Yeah, I don't know if they have the room, do they? No, not not to go after not him. for a not star, to, not, not to for offer Marner. Pointer or Mitch Marner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, although maybe those aren't the guys you offer sheet. Really, no, maybe you I, I, I'm still of the mind that it's actually the third liners that you offer sheet, but the third, second, third liners that you can only give up a second or third round pick for. But yeah. nobody offers sheets anybody, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I know we've said this before, but if we get through this this summer with nobody offer sheeting anybody, it will never happen. Toronto's <laughs> going to have to figure something out. Are they? And somebody better force them to. I think everybody's going to let them off the hook, honestly. Somebody better force them to. I, I think Toronto's still going to be in a position, and I thought that city was going to completely just separate itself from the continent when William Nylander basically scored for Boston in the second game. <laughs> but I, I think they're going to force their own hand and either get rid of him or <laughs> there's talk yesterday going into that game they're going to trade Kadri because he keeps getting suspended. They're going to move somebody. But they, it's probably going to be Nylander. They need to move Marlowe, but it, that, that's going to be impossible. But they based shouldn't on his get contract situation and his. I believe he has a full or at least a limited no movement. Like he does, he does have a no movement clause. So that, it's that's not that's a stumbling block. But I don't know how you get to tell well, ask Patrick Marlowe and maybe the last year of his career to leave a cup contending team. I don't think he's going to do it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a stumbling block. But maybe they do approach him about it. And, and here's here's the thing for Toronto from Toronto's perspective. And if you're a Coyotes fan, think about this possibility. Think about. Uh, 
trying to acquire a player, you know you need scoring uh, maybe maybe not a Nylander because although after July second you know he gets all that signing bonus money and suddenly his his contract doesn't yeah. look his his cap it doesn't hurt you very much so look at a player like that you look at a player like Andreas Janssen or mm-hmm. you look at a player like Kasperi Kapanen Quite and love. say okay we'll take Patrick Marlowe's last season off your hands we're the Coyotes we have the cap space to do it. But you got to throw in one of those players. Yeah. It's an intriguing thought, isn't it? There are a lot of hurdles to cross there, obviously. But it's an intriguing thought. It's intriguing. The, the two things I would say, if, I, if I'm the Coyotes, I'm, the, the teams I'm looking at this offseason in order, the top three would be Toronto, Toronto, and Toronto. Because mm-hmm. it, it's a perfect match for both sides. Mm-hmm. But if you take on Marlowe's contract, you're, you're paying him. You know what I mean? It's not the same sure. as, as taking on Dats. one season. Yeah, that's true. And, and look. Patrick Marlowe is a serviceable player, too, and not a bad guy to have in your locker room for one year. That's true. And, I mean, it, you're not giving up anything in that scenario. You're basically right. getting Kasperi Kapanen, who was the centerpiece of the Phil Kessel trade and one of Pittsburgh's yeah. best or prospects. Johnson, who was... Yeah, who would you want? Would you want Kapanen, Nylander, or Janssen? Well, and, Still Nylander. In order of so talent, it's, it's Nylander. Yeah. But I love Ka- Kapanen. Might, Kapanen might be my second pick. The, the, the note on Marlowe is he's, in terms of salary next year, it's only 4.25 for Marlowe next year. Right. So it's a little bit less than it was this year. Right. There's a way, whether it's Marlowe. That's not prohibitive. There's a way the Coyotes need to get a deal done with Toronto this offseason. Whatever that deal is, that's the team they should be targeting. I just wrote about it, actually. I had a story that posted about a half an hour ago on this. That's not my fault. I didn't read that because we were recording. You're right. But I'll read after this. Thank you. He's not going to read. I know. How dare you? Uh, Todd McClellan to L.A.? Is it it official yet? I don't know. That's in the notes. I'm hearing from a lot of people that that's going to happen. Makes a lot of sense. Sure. I and, guess. And, well, again, kind of the same thing. <laughs> okay. okay. giant shrug from me. Okay, so, so, so what? Would you rather have Elaine Vigneault or Todd McClellan? Well, I, I look at it more as what, what is he stepping into? In LA, what are you stepping into? I think LA is a terrible spot to step into. Yeah. It's so better it's than Buffalo. It's a bad team. The locker room is it better than Buffalo? Buffalo has younger talent. Granted, they haven't figured out how to even get into the playoffs. Here's but. here's the difference. Buffalo hasn't figured out how to lock the doors to the locker room yet. Okay. The LA LA this is LA. Well, you gotta this, use this, a trash can to the prop core it. Shut. Of this LA team, again, not saying they weren't deserved necessarily, but have run two head coaches out of town. They're in a bad situation. Their cap situation sucks. They're not a good team. Yep. There's nothing about the LA job aside from the fact that it happens to be in Southern California. Right, you can that, live, that is a, that is quality. Beach or something. But you know? there that's were only enough, that's cool. Anything else you said? too, really. But <laughs> but understandably, there are only 31 of these jobs available. And and right, and and for a guy like McClellan, he's going to get a long term deal. Right, yes. it's going to be a five year deal. So, so he'll get fired in two and get a nice little balloon of maybe. millions of dollars to go live on the beach somewhere in you know in LA. I, by the way, it's not the worst beach? thing in the world. That would be my first choice of all the beaches. Okay, well. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Off season, we'll rank. The but benches. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I, when when I look at this, I just look at this as sort of okay. How is he making his next paycheck? It's employment. It's it's a good deal. Yes. But is there really any hope of doing anything there? There isn't. Not unless you no. get Panarin, and even then, what what would you? Like going to LA, is he? No, it's LA. You have Kovalchuk's contract, yeah, and you're not going to win there. You're not going to win there. I don't know that he cares. We'll see. We'll see if he goes to South Florida now that Joel Quenville is there. Yeah, that makes it a lot tougher if yeah. you're L.A. to get him. He's the loss of Jonathan Marcheseau on it. Panarin ends up there. Yeah. yeah. Until they fire him right before the uh, Seattle expansion draft and he goes to the uh, Seattle. Do they have a name yeah, yet? Yeah, and hand him no. hefty bags. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> you think they you would carry learn. your own stuff out, okay. Uh, Dallas Eakins going to Anaheim. There's the bus stop. Potentially. Yeah, that was... 
they deserve what they've got. Feels that way years. with Anaheim, but I don't think uh, their ownership's going to pay for a, a big time no. coach. So it feels like it's going to be Dallas Eakins' job, and then if that happens, then you know the three openings. And whew, how do you rank Ooh. them? Did, did he? How coach? do you rank them between Ottawa, mm. Edmonton, and Buffalo? Which of those choice jobs do you want? Auto or uh, Edmonton. Uh, yeah, uh, Edmonton. Dude, just because of Connor McDavid? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I still want Buffalo over Edmonton. Really? Yeah, because Buffalo's they're just such a mess. But uh, Edmonton's not a mess. Edmonton's a train wreck. Yeah, they're right both now. they're both terrible. They're a train wreck and they've got all these voices advising but here's but, what we should do but, but and none of them know what the heck they're doing. They're, which they're, is part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean And they don't think it's part of the problem. There's a snowball's chance that Edmonton just because of McDavid and Drysidle could sneak into a second wild card spot. That that's the one. Like to me, Buffalo. Yeah. Like Edmonton's problems are long term. They're not a cup team for ever. Ever. <laughs> but they at least have the chance that you could sustain your job there for a little bit if they spike. But they're just going to hire Craig McTavish to be the coach oh. anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Connor McDavid, player coach. Oh. I would. I would try that over what they've tried in the past. Or just convert Toby Reader since he can't get 12 goals. So maybe right. he can be the coach. It's... He can earn your pay by coaching. That's the thing with Reader. They're going to get rid of him and he's the entire reason they've been bad for the last 10 years. So yep. they'll be good now. Starting that's true. Season. That's true. At least they identify the problem. Wait. None of us said Ottawa. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, again, for I don't know where that team's going to be in three years. I don't know who's going to own that team. I don't know what they're going to spend. That that's a disaster. Like at least some of the other teams are disaster. Like Edmonton's a disaster because of their cap situation, but they're not moving. I'm not like they, I, they don't have ownership troubles. They have past ex general manager troubles. Yeah, I'm trying to find the question here. This is from Mike and and one other listener sent this in right after the draft lottery. But I can't find the other one. This is from Mike. Did the uh, draft lottery save the Senators? Is Brady Kachuk better than whoever is available for this year? After looking at the draft lottery odds, it kind of makes sense because while they had the best odds to get number one, they were most likely to pick fourth, which is what happened. I still think Ottawa botched this last year, but I do think they're better off now. I don't know. I don't know what that player is going to be. They probably made the wrong decision, but they got the right result. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. And, and Craig's right. We don't know even who that fourth player is going to be, but we do know Brady Kachuk's probably a pretty good NHL. Yes. Also back to giving Craig credit for being right. This is, goes back to the conversation from way back at the beginning of the show when we talked about the draft lottery odds. That of, was a while ago. Which was, why does the team that finished with the worst record have the best chance of getting the fourth pick? Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't make sense. But make no mistake, Ottawa botched this because they had a chance, a pretty good shot at getting Jack Hughes or Kako or whatever, and they... Correct. It felt like in the moment last year they were just like, oh, that pick will never come to fruition. We'll just take the guy that is available right now and not look towards the future at all, which <laughs> that's crazy to say that about Ottawa, but apparently that's what they did. <laughs> Didn't New Jersey do this a while back, too, when they had to they had to pay for uh, for signing Kovalchuk to that deal or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, they, lost, they got yeah. bounced to the bottom of the lottery. That's the only reason the Coyotes moved up one spot that year. It's the only time the Coyotes have moved up, <laughs> yeah. and it was on a technicality. Yeah. But but New Jersey did the same thing. If they just kept pushing it back, like you yeah. had the option of this year or next year, yeah. oh, next year will never happen. We'll just push it off to next year. Uh, let's see. Before we get to listener questions, anything else? What would you guys think of the the, uh, the Thornton suspension and the Kucherov suspension? Um, I thought they were fair. I mean, that, that hit from Thornton is just not completely unnecessary. Yeah, it like is. Just, I didn't think it was as bad as, as Kucherov or, or Kadri, certainly. Well, Kadri's was the worst of, yeah, of the Kadri's bunch. Um, Did you hear Ryan Reeves' comments about Thornton after the hit? Yes, and they were great. <laughs> I'm all for this. The NHL needs more players that will not just say, 
Right. The get same six deep. lines. Get pucks deep. Get we need more Brad deep. Richardsons. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes. It's it's good. Please tell us what's on your mind. We should make the all like uh, soundbite team in the offseason. Completely though. agree. Ryan Reeves and Brad Richardson are definitely both on it. All right, want to get to listener questions here? Sure. Well, you Coyotes offseason is in the notes. Do no, we, we, say talk, about we that? just talked about it. Read my story. <laughs> <laughs> Was that directed at me or the listeners or all of them? No, yes. Well, really, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, we just talked about that scenario. There's, of course, every, I think everyone by now knows the free agent wings that are available. Mm-hmm. So. It's a matter of identifying that guy and then deciding if you can afford that guy, looking at what the market looks like, look at what other teams. We saw it. It happened last season. They had, they had zeroed in on JVR, but he got too expensive, so they went to Michael Grabner. So it, it's fluid. The summer is fluid. All right. Here's, uh, that should be the name of the show. The summer and it's not going to make any sense because we're talking about the playoffs, but just say the summer is fluid. Oh, but if you made it 59 minutes or whatever, it's been an hour 15. We're at hour 15 Let's get to this podcast. Let's questions, Luke. Drive the bus. Don't blame this on Drive me. Drive the bus. We're, we're just providing content. All right. Let's start with Pat. Hi, Pat. Four, have, you, have you seen the Valley Freeways? We need to go like three hours. See, no. This is me trying to hurry. And, uh, and you're right. We need we need three <laughs> hours because all the Valley Freeways are closed. Uh, this was a bad day, a particularly bad day. Did you have the same experience? No, I was on the side town so today, I, luckily. I, I passed an accident on the 202, the, the Southern 202 coming from Gilbert. Yeah. I passed an accident on the 101 going through Tempe toward ASU. As I got on the... The Red Mountain Freeway, the other 202, were the same 202, but the northern section of it. Somebody had lost what looked like massive party plans for a kid. There was all kinds Just of color, everywhere. color strewn about the freeway. It was great. It was like abstract art. <laughs> yeah, so I passed that. And then there's another disabled vehicle blocking the uh, exit ramp to the 51 off of the 202. Like, really? Every step of the way I faced... Adversity. Adversity. And yet I overcame it. On my Tampa Bay. Yeah, yes. <laughs> wow, I was going to jump in, too. All but three of us were the same weird. joke. Also, we just got two questions in the last 30 seconds. See, that's, it's we like, should really hurry up before we get more. It's like people know that we're... Okay, right, let me get to Pat's question first. Okay. Hi, Pat. 1408 for Kessel. Who says no? Note, Kessel has $1.2 million annually picked up by Toronto. I say no. Okay. Craig has been anti-Kessel to the Coyotes for a while. Yes. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh does deal him. If you're talking about a move, Pittsburgh, if, if Pittsburgh has to make a move in the offseason, they don't have a lot of cap space either. I could see Kessel being dealt. But but not to the Coyotes, right? Yeah, I don't think that. that no. That he'll be 32. It, the only way a player that late in his career makes sense to me for the Coyotes is if it's like Marlowe, he's bringing somebody with him. Kessel's well, yeah, not bringing yeah. anybody with him. Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, let me read a, a quote from John Chaika on that. All things being equal, why wouldn't we want the player in the prime of his career or entering the prime of his career? The priority would always be players we can grow with for the long term. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, hey, we got this guy that's 32 years old and he's going to get us 25 goals on the wing, but you're not just getting Phil Kessel. You're going to have to give Pittsburgh something. Yeah, that. I'm just not sure that's the type of player that... Just all the all around packages that I play that fits for the Coyotes. Now, look, is that Jim quote, by the way is in my story, Luke, that you can read later. Oh, well, okay, in four hours when, when we finish the pod. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But it is Jim Rutherford. So if you just dangle Jack Johnson in front of him, he'll maybe he will. That's take true. That just instead. anything on the blue line. <sighs> That's a different podcast. For Gently a used time. Alex Goligoski. Um, <laughs> he's already the Pittsburghs already had him. Gilbert Ovechkin versus Bufflin in so a super know fight. <laughs> yeah, they know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's familiar yeah, yeah, with the Alex. Yeah. <laughs> He's familiar with the system. But that was back when they had Ray Shiro and they made good trades. Ovechkin versus Bufflin in a sewer fight. Who wins? Great question. Ooh. Glad you asked. Buffalo. Definitely Dustin, Dustin Bufflin. Buffalo. I'm going with Dustin, Dustin Bufflin, Bufflin, too. <laughs> There's not many people I would take over. Oh. oh. Abstract. One of, one of the former Blackhawks I miss the most. Yeah. A, a forward, by the way, and in some people's minds, including Joel Quenville, the guy with the second most wins, who was apparently responsible for the demise of the Blackhawks. Yeah, didn't you watch in Florida last year? Yeah. 
Uh, uh, look, Craig, I'm not saying anything other than Stan Bowman still has his job. He's so. And the number three pick. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to get a perpetual bell. <sighs> Wow, there's a lot of questions. Are here. you ever going to answer this on the air? By the way, I believe someone asked if a cow, Chicago gets a cowbell, what does Pittsburgh get? Um, Soundbite from Antonio Brown. Is is there Ooh. any sound? Do you remember intriguing? In, yeah. In Mario, make that happen. Do we do any that sort of thing on this podcast? We have a new open. Drops. We, have we do all sorts of things. We, do. we have a new open. Do people know what drops are, Luke? Have, they wouldn't if they listened to the show. Yeah, I have some for saved. Sure. I just—it's difficult to drop them in as the show's going because I got to carry you guys as we're talking. Uh, you might know the answers. Do you remember in Mario sixty four when you used to pick up that penguin on the level and drop him off the ledge? Is there any noise that's associated with that? Because that's what we should use whenever the I penguins like lose that, in the postseason. Actually, actually what do, what sound do penguins make as they when they're dropped off a cliff? Yeah, I need or, them now. Well, when pushed they lose off to the islanders by other penguins to test the waters for seals or they don't make sea lions. Sound. Is it sea lions that eat? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't something like where like this that. conversation's going. Okay. It's got to be something manual that I can... Like, you've got the cowbell. I feel like on some level that's cathartic for you every time you it ring absolutely it. absolutely is. I'm just going to bring in a hammer and destroy the board every time we talk mm. about the penguins. I wouldn't recommend that. No? It really isn't related to penguins, so... They're getting hammered. What was that sound? That was a phone. Did we reach our limit for the show? Wow, these are long questions, Just too. Just read them. Before the trade for... This is from Tim. Before the trade for Schmaltz, what were your personal evaluations of him as a player? Did you ever seen top-line potential there? That's not grammatically correct, Tim, when I'm reading it for the first time on the air. How would you like his game in uh, 14 games with us? I personally have loved him as a player watching him in college and thought he was fantastic. Wait, I, I Nick Schmaltz. What's your how do we evaluate him pre-trade? 17 games, yeah. Yeah, pre-trade and pre-trade, post-trade. though. I mean, you're a Blackhawks guy. I like parts of his game. Okay. Uh, I think he has high offensive potential. I love what he can do on the power play. Um, I'm happy that the Coyotes stationed him on the half wall because I think he can be creative there. And I think he has poise, which is something a lot of Coyotes lack on the power play. So he'll make a difference there. Uh, I know he took some knocks for his defensive game. What I think he does well defensively is back pressure. He uses his speed and he, he does a good job of lifting sticks. He needs to improve in defensive structure. And just knowing where he's supposed to be in the defensive zone and being responsible that way. Is that something that I remember talking to him this year um, in the limited time that he played? And he said, this is probably about two weeks into his time at the Coyotes, he said he already was starting to... He, he said Tockett's system, is a, it takes a little bit of time to learn, which mm-hmm. we've all seen. But he did say he, he was starting to feel more comfortable. And this was like two games before he got hurt. I mean, it's one thing if a guy is, is defensively bad because he didn't put in the effort. But if it's just a matter of it's going to take time and he's going to fit, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and if you dive into his game, the strength of his game is in transition, and that's Rick Tuckett's system. So I I think he's a really good fit because he has speed through the neutral zone both ways. Again, that back pressure is something that I saw from him in Chicago as well. I think he's a good fit in this system. There is a reason that John Chica has wanted him for two years, traded Dylan Strom for him, and then doubled down with that contract. Mm -hmm. I think think if John Chica was the GM of a different team randomly, I don't know that he would have done that. I think Schmaltz specifically, in his mind, fits the Coyotes. I think... After next season, there's going to be a much different narrative around the two big trades John Chica made last year than there are now. What are you talking about? They've already been decided. Yeah. I, I know. I, I know it's already it's already Case over. Case is closed. I, I just <laughs> it, yeah. Case is closed. It's over. I, I think we talk about them a lot different. I don't think those trades are quote unquote lost yet, like the rest of the hockey world seems well, to believe. Twitter, because Twitter is stupid. Twitter, Twitter, uh, hockey Twitter during the playoffs has been insane yes. especially that toronto boston series because toronto fans and boston fans just egg each other on it's yeah, it's almost it's better great. than the games 
Uh, Coyote Steve, how many major Hi, rebuilds, Steve. retools could we see start at the draft? I'm thinking it could be pure chaos with Winnipeg, Calgary, Tampa, Toronto, San Jose, oh, Florida, oh, Philadelphia, all okay, looking okay. to make changes. Okay, so I don't think Winnipeg is tearing down. They I have, they have some rebuilds. They have some contract issues they have to solve some, with some RFAs, but I don't think they're tearing down. And even if they lose a guy, they're still a, a playoff team. Toronto's a lot not, of good RFAs this offseason. Toronto has to do with Winnipeg. RFAs, but they're not tearing them down, tearing it down. They're going to have to move. They're probably going to have to move Nylander. Well, he did say retools, too. Oh, okay. I thought he meant like okay. all of them would be rebuilt. No. So you said a lot of teams. Who else is there? So uh, we talked extensively about what Toronto has to do, and even Winnipeg to, to an extent. I don't know that Calgary is going to do much. They have to get Kachuk signed, right? Yeah, I think Kachuk is an RFA. Uh, Tampa, Toronto. Tampa is going to have to do something. Like Braden Point, they, they can't afford him. And I know that he took the playoffs off so far, but he had a oh, great season. That's, that's a number one center, right? We agree, Braden Point, yeah. if you get him can be a number one center. He had 90 points this year. Look, and it'll be interesting to see with, with Calgary what they do with Sam Bennett because he's clearly limited in his upside. He's an RFA. He's made shade under $2 million this year. He's only 22 years old, but like I... I do you see more upside there with him? Because I don't. Nope. I think his upside's third line. Like I think that's that's where he's going to settle I think in. We have enough body of evidence to make yeah. that determination. I mean, otherwise they don't really have. I mean, they're going to free up Mike Smith's money, mm-hmm. which again, it's four and a quarter million. You don't think they're bringing him back after last night? No, hmm. I can't. Believe not, they and and if the they do, game. it's not going to be at four. You know, if they do and they decide, you know, Riddick is their number I don't one see him coming back. Bill Peters is a great coach and, and a coach of the year candidate. His the way he handles his goalies is interesting to me. Yeah. But I'd be looking – if you're Calgary and you're looking at the goaltending situation, I'd be trying to identify, like like what the Coyotes or some other teams have done, who's that backup that's ready to make that leap? You know, Martin uh, Jones. Yeah. Well, like a Philip Grubauer or yeah. uh, Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Or Antti Ranta before him if he could stay healthy. The good thing – That's for, the way to do yeah. it. That's a great yeah. point. That's the way yeah. to get your goalie in the NHL is get the guy that is is clearly too good to be a backup that's ready to make the jump. Yes. And, and on, on Tampa side – you know, there's still a decent amount of money coming off the books on their blue line, too. They're going to have to figure out what their third pairing looks like next year. But, you know, Strawman's money, Coburn's money, Girardi's money, Jan Ruda's money is four, five, like 13 plus million is coming mm-hmm. off the books there. Now, you still have to sign two defensemen at least. It's like a beautiful mind moment watching Jamie do the math. But they can make it work. My concern is not with Tampa making it work with their RFA, so I think they'll figure out a way. Yeah. It's making it work in April <laughs> and right. May. Right. What's missing? Oof. Uh, here's uh, Todd in Phoenix. I understand the rules. ASU's Johnny Walker could be signed anytime, and nobody has to wait until the draft to get him. Is there a reason in a season where player after player is showing that NCAA stardom equals NHL readiness that the Coyotes haven't inked Walker to a deal? There's a reason no team has, because <laughs> they're not impressed. Yeah. And I, Greg Powers, the ASU coach, already told me he expects him back next season. You think he'll get a shot at the NHL at some point, though? I mean, if he has another season next year like he did this year, somebody will have to give him a shot. Somebody will give him a shot. But yeah, I I think we have to be careful equating Hobie Baker to NHL success because it's not— Yes, there are are cases, obviously. After watching last night, I know everybody's going to freak out about any player that's having success in college. But it is a different game. McCarr is also a high-end prospect before he won the Hobie Baker. Yes, and dominated, like, what was it, the level that's just under the major juniors? I forgot what that's called. Junior A? Ottawa? <laughs> uh, it, no, they're not all created equal. There are some Andy Mealy's in the bunch. <laughs> wow, unprovoked shot at Andy Mealy there. Uh, this is one how it's gone. Oh, we got more questions. Okay, I'm not reading them until next week. Uh, Loyal Sif, hey guys, just wanted to point. 
something out for Coyotes fans. Relax with Keller regressing a bit this year. If you look at McKinnon and Keller's numbers, the first two years, they're almost identical. Regression happens. It's very unlikely he's going to end up like Peter Mueller. I don't think that's a good comparison. Those are two very extreme. I I don't either. And I think that the difference is, is I don't, the panic isn't because of the low point total. The panic is because the massive flaws that we saw in his game in his freshman season carried over. And they didn't improve. And that's a problem because there were, even though we had a high point total as a rookie, there were big holes in his game that were not corrected in year two. If those continue to go uncorrected throughout his career, it's going to severely limit his upside. That's the concern. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say we saw this coming this year, but to Jamie's point, his really good rookie season it was a really good rookie season. Mm-hmm. It was mostly in October and March. Yep. I mean, there was a, he basically. There was four months there where I know he put up some stats, but you have to look past the numbers. I keep hearing the comparison of Johnny Gaudreau had the same numbers, so they're the same player. I'm not saying Clayton Keller can't be a really good player. Nathan McKinnon's the high end of the spectrum. Right, and he plays center, too, yes. by the way. Yeah, but a lot of he had a lot of points last year that were secondary assists on the power play. He's put in position to produce offense more than anybody else in the Coyotes. He gets a minute 30 on every power play. Yep. And, a lot of, and a lot of rope that he may not get yesterday, uh, next year. I wrote about yeah. this recently yeah. as well. They need to see some things from him. And Rick Tockett had just laid it out in no uncertain terms that he thought Clayton Keller got humbled this year. And he thinks that's a good thing for him because he needs to develop. He needs to stop comparing his game to Patrick Kane because he's not Patrick Kane. There's only one Patrick Kane out there and Clayton Keller is not Patrick Kane. He's not that level of player. Him and Mitch Marner both came into the league comparing themselves to Kane. And Marner's not even Kane. He's at least close. But, but but Keller needs to get inside more. I agree with that completely. I like the idea of him being a, a give and go player. Talk it's right. He's got to create space. He's got to create opportunities for himself. He's not going to be one of those get on get in on the forecheck in the corners and grind it out. That's not who he is. But he'll have opportunities to play with the puck and do other things and be created if if he starts getting inside a little more, give and go, creating space for himself. And the other thing he's got to do, aside from the, you know, we saw some defensive lapses and, and at some time some defensive disinterest from Clayton Keller, mm-hmm. and that's disturbing. That's the most concerning with me. But also, he turned the puck over a lot in, in bad places, like at the, at the offensive blue line, turning the puck over and creating transition. He's got to learn from those mistakes. He's got to make adjustments in his game. I know there's this, and I understand it because, I mean, a lot of the young prospects with the Coyotes we've looked at are on other teams now. I mean, the, the guys that really made them successful this season are not, obviously not Max Domi or Dylan Strom or Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller was a liability the second half of the season for the Coyotes. I just, I would look past just looking at the points. To what you said, Craig, Rick Tockett thinks this year humbled him. I think that's the best possible thing. Mm-hmm. This thought that, okay, Clayton Keller went through a sophomore slump and everybody goes through it. That's not true. Matthew Barzal didn't. Kyle Connor didn't. Those guys are in the same Some class. Some players do. A lot of players do, but go ahead. No, no, no. But even if he did, the, the, the issue isn't his point total this year. He's not just going to coast out of it. He right. has to it's actually the, figure it out. It's the, the process. It's the process. Yeah. And that's why this year is going to be a, a huge year. Because if we see the exact same flaws in his defensive game, in his disinterest, in his inability to generate his own offense, again... You start to have to wonder what the long-term possibilities are for him on this team. I am glad that Rick Tockett said it, too, and they did. They treated him with some kid gloves this season. He gave him a lot of leash. I get it in, in the growth process, but I'm glad he said what he said yeah. heading into the summer because it, it laid it out for Clayton. Hey, okay, you're out of rope now. It's time for you to become the player we believe you can be, and you, you need to do you need to take these steps in order to become that player. I feel a lot better about Keller 
now after hearing Tockett's comments at the end of the season than I did all season long. And even to last year, I know he had 60 points last year, but I didn't. I'll just say I wasn't shocked by this year after what I saw for four of the months last year. If he's he doesn't touch the game in 80% of the game. So he has to be great at the 20% he touches and I think he can be. I think mm-hmm. he can be a great playmaker in this league, but he doesn't he doesn't play defense. You're like you're right. He has to put more effort into it and not look disinterested because that you can't have that on nope. on a team that's trying to to win with defense. But I think if if he really was humbled and that he comes back next year with a chip on his shoulder that he just didn't have this year, that's it's going to be the best thing yeah, for. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what you want. You want him to come with a chip on his shoulder. Look, I don't care if he like he's angry with the media. He doesn't want to talk to the that's media. Fine. That might be a good sign. Yeah, that he's he's annoyed the fact that he's being called out. Okay, well, that's fine. Do Show up. Yeah. yeah, do something about it. I think he, he can. He, there's there's no reason that he cannot be a point per game player. There's no, no. reason he has the talent to do it. But Does just be aware that's, that's probably going to be twenty goals and sixty assists. Which it, I'll which, take it. Which is that's fine. fine. Yeah. But he is put in position to to put up. I don't want to say meaningless stats, but you have to look at his actual game and not just say, well, he had 47 points. You put it best. He doesn't touch enough areas of the game to not be an elite offensive player. Yeah. That's what is expected of him with his talent level and the lack of other areas of his game. And you can see why the team is built the way it is. They've got other guys to make up for his deficiencies. Yes. But because he can do what they can't, but he has, but to, he has then to do, do it. it. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not he's not doing everybody on the Coyotes has a is a very specific job. Or if you're Brad Richardson, you have nine specific jobs. It, it's it's they're not. They're, <laughs> I also have to be the leading goal scorer for this team. Apparently, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be his job. <laughs> they're completely different players, but a lot of the same way we talked about Patrick Lyonnais, that he can get away with the things he doesn't do when he's scoring 40 goals. But down at 20, it's all of a sudden the problem. The same thing is similar, although not the goal scoring with Clayton Keller. At six, at sixty five, at seventy five, at eighty points, you can live with those other deficiencies. Yeah. At fifty, you can't. And I don't want if he gets sixty points, I don't want forty of them coming in October. Like I need them. I, I need points in December and January. Although if he scores forty points in October, That's, I think the Cowboys would be in a really I, I, good spot I mean, okay. to I start the like season. Yeah. Uh, Gabe writes in, "What's better than Mike Smith giving up five goals? Giving up six? Okay. I feel like Sounds all the Cowboys <laughs> enjoyed that um, on eight, 80 million. Look, he wasn't great in Game Three, but." I don't know any goalie that was going to not give up at least four in that game. Tom wrote in, what are the chances of the Coyotes giving an offer sheet to Kapanen? He won't cost more than $5.5 million AAV. Plays a Coyote-style two-way game, is young, and even scored 25 to 30 goals in a limited role with the Leafs. The Leafs won't be able to match either. It's it's a fair question. I, I don't see the Coyotes using... Offer sheet. There may be some other teams that do. That's that's an option for a like a team like Detroit could could go yeah. that route and use the offer sheet. The Coyotes are a cap floor team, so I don't see them taking that route. I I, I laid out another potential route, um, but one of the, one of the things that 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 other route gives you is it gives you cost certainty versus mm-hmm. this massive offer that you're going to give a player that and loose picks and yeah, yeah. again I, I, yeah, yeah, just, and loose picks. if you were willing to spend the money then that's where you go after the top guys right yeah which, if you can if you work could. out the other trade it's a, it, it, like you said the acquisition cost yes. is much better the other way that that's the thing i think with 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 the coyote specifically and i love the idea of going after Kapanen. I don't think you have to offer sheet him. I think you have to go to Toronto and say, "Hey, you might lose Marner if you don't move Kapanen, so we'll help you out." Or, well, or, they're not going to lose Marner, but they're you might lose Nylander or yeah. And, but, and by the way, you can't improve your blue line because you're not going to have any money to do it. But we'll take Marlowe off your hands as well as this guy, and then you'll have some cap space to yeah. add him. You know, because they they could lose Jake Gardner in the offseason too. What's I think they mean? are. Yeah, I think they are, and that's going to be a problem. Like, yeah, and, it is, and, and it's going to be a massive problem because I know Toronto fans hate him for whatever reason. He's the problem. He's the he's the non Matthews problem that. That they Gardner? have, but that blue yeah. line is already bad, and it's going to be a lot worse next year. 
But yeah, if you're the Coyotes, you can have Toronto work out a deal with Kapanen and re-sign him if they're immediately going to trade. And you don't care if you help Toronto because they're not in your division. No, you know what I mean, and look, I don't want to go you Pierre Dorian and, and do that. But you even if that's help a concern for you, you. Yes. period. End of story. I, I don't like, like this. I don't a, trade in this division. I don't like that. You like help it's a your team. Thread, Arizona helping Toronto. So, <laughs> yeah. When does Toronto help Arizona? Uh, Robert, assuming the Lightning get eliminated, would this make them the most disappointing playoff team in the salary cap era? Yes. yes. How sad is Luke after seeing Pittsburgh get dominated by the Islanders? I feel like that question's unnecessary. Uh, he's sad, but, he, it, but he's numb to it. Why don't you answer that yeah, question? Yeah, I'm really not as... Luke doesn't feel emotions. I, I'm not as upset this year. <laughs> and I wasn't... I was kidding? I was more upset last year. You read his text yeah, messages, you guys, don't you? <laughs> are those not going to you? <laughs> um, I'm not as upset this I, year. I feel like sometimes That's I true. have to send him 800 numbers to call. That's true. <laughs> And I've, I've actually kind of limited it this year in the playoffs. I was worse when they were winning the Cups. I was more upset that is by... That you were worse when they were actually winning. By, by the Penguins when they were losing prior to Mike Sullivan getting there because they were yeah. greatly underachieving at that point. Last year was frustrating because if Matt Murray just shows up, they beat Washington. They don't win the Cup, but they beat Washington, which is meaningful to me. That's the thing about the Penguins. Do you feel like they... I mean, you could, I guess you could make this argument earlier when they had that long drought where they weren't doing what you thought they would be doing with elite players. But I feel like with the Blackhawks, they they ended their era prematurely through bad management. Yes. Yeah. That's what frustrates me about the Blackhawks. Got three cups. That's great. And it's hard to complain. But it probably should have been more. With good management, it would have been more. Yeah. That's I think, what frustrates me. I think with Pittsburgh, if if Flurry and I don't want to bash him too much because he was a major part of two of their cups. And he was great in the regular season. But if, if Flurry was just to Jamie's new phrase just like a league average goalie they would have had a fourth in there maybe you know maybe they don't make the Sullivan they don't move to Sullivan and they don't win one of these last two yeah. but they would have won at least one between 2010 and 2015 and, and they did have the benefit of Crosby playing under his con- I mean paying paid less than he should have been yeah. for a number of years because he loves the number 87 that's it. they really cashed in on that but they were much better four or five years ago than they are now this team's just not good so it's hard for me to get Real upset because I knew they had no chance going into the playoffs of, of going very deep. Um, some Marner questions. Thomas writes in, what's the Coyotes' stance on Prosvitov? How deep is the goalie prospect pool for the Coyotes? Any notable prospects you guys have seen that may have not been talked about at all? I don't know. I, I think we talk about the key, the key ones, Barrett yeah. and P.O. Joseph, uh, even Nick Berkeley down in Tucson. And, and I've talked about Prosvitov quite a bit recently. They're really, really high on him. He's led his team into the OHL semifinals in the playoffs. Now they just took out Barrett Hayton and Sault Ste. Marie. He's, uh, he's a guy to... To keep an eye on, uh, again, goalies take a long time to develop, but he's got the size, he's got the athleticism. Apparently, they believe he has the demeanor for it. That's a guy to watch because he could have, he, he could be the future of the goaltending in this organization. Uh, three more real quick. This is, by the way, the longest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> oh, lovely. With the new, uh, the new Open that features Jamie, we just decided to turn it into a marathon. Coach East Jack, that, who... That stand-up that he does? That five-minute stand-up? Yes. That features Jamie? That okay. monologue. Yeah, sure. Who would be your dream realistic goal-scoring winger for the Coyotes this offseason? Mine would have been Jordan Eberle. Maybe that wasn't realistic. He might win the Conn Smythe, so it's not going to be. Uh, dream? I don't think he's going to win the Conn Smythe. Dream goal-scoring winger? That's reasonable. Dream and reasonable. He, did, um, he said realistic in there. Maybe we can get back to him on this next week. Because yeah, I know we're going to look at do, it. What do you guys think of the Islanders players, those, those free agents? I mean, you just mentioned one of them. Eberle's the only one that I would. You I wouldn't would, take Nelson or Lee? I, no, I don't want to understand. Brock Nelson's interesting. It's not that I wouldn't take them, but I just and I, again, I understand Everly was never realistic for the Coyotes. But 
somebody like Eberly who underachieved this year, but I know he's good, I feel like, hey, the Coyotes went and got Eberly and he's going to produce. If they went out and got Anders Lee, I can't help but wonder, maybe he was just in the right situation with the Islanders. You know what I mean? And he yeah. gets here and he scores 14 goals. I, I, I feel the. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? John Tavares? No, but who's the winger that played with Tavares for a couple years and everyone said the second he leaves, he's going to be blah. And then he Matt left Molson. and he was blah. Matt Molson. Yeah. Like yeah. I, th- I feel, I feel like there's a there's a Matt Molson risk with. What do you guys league. think of guys like uh, Gus Nyquist or Ryan Dezingle? I'm not touching Gus Nyquist with a 20 foot pole. I tend to agree I think on he, that I one. think he is a under. He's a below average. Awkward player. scene that would be if the Coyotes sign Nyquist and Jamie comes up with a 21 foot pole and just jabs. Him. I'm just I, I take Dezingle. Yeah, I think I would. Dezingle is interesting. He, he intrigues me. Yeah, I'm worried about his price though. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I feel like he's that's priced, a concern for the. You're not going to get any value, right? On now, the deal. If they did the that other crazy scenario that I talked about with Toronto, I think they're probably out of money at that point mm-hmm. anyway. If you're bringing in Marlowe and another player, that's fine. No, I'd, but, I'd rather. Yeah, do that. yeah. But mm-hmm. Ryan Dezingles, he's interesting to me. But yeah, we the price will be a, a big yes. problem for the Coyotes if if these guys start demanding huge prices. There are a lot and goal of, scorers demand huge prices. So yeah. they do. But last year it was really only James Van Riemsdyk that was out there, so he just took all the money. Mm-hmm. True. There's so. there's a, there's quite a few players sure. out there that the Coyotes have no chance of getting. But a guy like Joe Pavelski or Eric Carlson's right. going right. to take money from right. somebody. Panarin. <laughs> Panarin. Panarin. Uh, yeah. Skinner. Skinner's going to make crazy money. Skinner's going to make crazy money. Uh, Tony writes in, you guys talked on the Natty Hattie about Tampa Bay going through adversity in the playoffs, and we get to see it right away. And finally, Chris, do you think it's better to build a 110-point team that's built for the playoffs or a 128-point team built to play well in the regular season? Uh, I mean, isn't that self-explanatory? I'll take option A, and I understand why you're asking it. All right, you guys, you want to do another hour? We have anything else we want to add here? All right. I, know, I think we should end with this. There are okay. two series that could end tonight, do they? Do the Pens and Lightning go home? I think Pittsburgh's done. I think they've checked out. I want to think Tampa Bay is going to win one game. If they get swept, you can't, I can't come up with an example of a, a, a bigger disappointment than a 62-win team that gets swept in the first round. I can't. Yeah. I mean, in all of I sports. Can't. In yeah. all of sports. Yeah. Yes, in all of sports. They haven't won like Golden State, but regular season-wise this year, they are what Golden State was like three yes, or four years ago. literally would be the most stunning collapse I have ever seen by a team that everyone thought was great, that everyone assumed was winning the Cup. I have no reason to trust or Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I keep saying I won't. This isn't really trusting them that much. I think they'll win one game. I think both, I think both teams extend the series. Not by much, but just enough to get through the night. And, and I, I don't think Columbus is going to let up. I don't think it's anything like that. I think Tortorella has them locked in. I think, I think Columbus could be something special in these playoffs. Um, they're going to be the underdogs in the next round, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's something going on there. So we'll see. Torts. More torts is a good thing. More, more torts. Yes. Can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Plenty of drama. Torts versus trots. All right, it's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner, for Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to an hour and 41 minutes of the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Joke's on you, Michael, from Twitter. We have a new open. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmark, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... 
Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.